Hello and welcome to Legion Outpost. I'm Dave and I'm here with my trusty companion as this journey into the future continues. Adam the Computer. Adam, how are you? I am doing great, Dave. Happy to be here. My favorite uh, time of the week. And how can are you I doing? I'm fantastic and I'm even more excited because we are now official. And I'm not talking about our marriage. I'm talking about the um, <laughs> the Legion Outpost. He's now got its own podcast, you know, separate um, from Signal of Doom. It's very much coming out of the swamp still, but we, we're on iTunes and we're going on all other normal podcasting platforms now. We have our own feed now. I'm quite proud of it, Adam. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited as well. I've yeah. never, uh, you know, had a feed. Uh, You've always come me. under the Signal of Doom <laughs> banner, haven't you? Or your sort of separate episodes. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, I, and, and, I, and I'm pumped. a couple other shows, but yeah. Yeah, and a couple other shows, exactly. You get around, like the Beach Boys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, but you come back home to the swamp. And yeah, so... We put up, just for listeners, um, our greetings to any new listeners who've just found us. We put the show up on its own feed, Legion Outpost, um, oh, a couple of days ago, and it had five episodes, um, which were the previous five that we'd recorded, um, you know, inside the Legion of Do- the Signal of Doom banner. Uh, so the, 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 those five are already up there, which was nice and handy. I didn't realise we'd done five. I, I thought we'd done about four, three or four. Oh. Uh, yeah, we've been killing it. We also did a flashbacks in there. We did. We, d- we did. Flashbacks will continue <laughs> due to its very irregular nature. <laughs> I think we'll keep it yeah. in single of doom because flashbacks, we like to take the slow approach to flash, which I think is kind of funny, personally. You know? Yeah, it's irony. That's <laughs> the whole plan. It's, it's an ironic take on the flash. Um, yeah, the it, Flash yeah. is like your high school girlfriend, and then, you know, we went off to college, and then we found the Legion. Yes, exactly. But, you know, we still come back. And we had a fling with, with Starman. Remember, we had a fling with Starman as well? We did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I would still like to get back to one day. I, I got to tell I, you. I don't know if we ever released that one, actually, because no, I thought we had problems with it. We Well, the biggest problem was me not working out how to do a separate podcast, which I worked out since. Oh. Um it was yeah, the biggest problem was my laziness, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you're doing all the work on all these shows, so That's all I good. can't say anything. But um, that was a good episode, which we might actually put out at some point um, early next year, and we might even mingle. That would be a good idea. We could because Starman, it's not like it's. I mean, there's. I guess there's how many issues? Ninety or something, isn't it? Eighty or ninety? Um, yeah, with the annuals and everything. Yeah, I I almost feel with Starman. I don't know, like. We could do it like we're doing Flash, where we do the the collections, you know? Yeah, we just uh, have three plates spinning at the same time. Yeah, but but I'm not saying we start it tomorrow. I'm saying like down way down no, the track, no. way down the track. Like what I'm saying is, I think at some point we could probably do the Starman Journey to the Stars inside Signal of Doom, and we just you know how it's six collections. We we I think I believe uh, it's six. Oh isn't yeah, it? the six omnibus, the six omnibus, and we could do it in. It was, so we could do six spread over time kind of thing. I think that yeah, would be. I'd be cool with that. I mean, those yeah. are pretty thick books. Yeah, it would be a, it would be a big show. Um, but anyway, that's a, that's a question for – that's a problem for future Dave and future Adam, not for present. <laughs> now, yeah. I've got a couple of items. So obviously we're kicking off with that. And I do want to mention the Normal, normal Signal of Doom podcast. Um, next week we're going to be having the Signal Christmas Spectacular. So I just want to advertise that. To all the legionnaires, I strongly encourage all legionnaires present and accounted for, um, male, female, in between, chameleons, whatever you are, uh, check out the Signal of Doom feed as well. It's a lot of fun. Um, so I really do hope that people listening to both shows, I think you get more flavour that way. 
And the signal of doing this Christmas... This is big, though, too, right? Because you're bringing all your, yeah. your people together. I know. Um, Maybe Stu will uh, pop in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be awesome, actually. Um, <laughs> I, the undead Stu, because he's dead, you know, now, of course. You know, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the undead version <laughs> shambling in. Um, we're going to have confirmed Ray, uh, who's been on a couple of shows with me and a, and a good friend. Uh, Richard, of course. Tash, me, obviously, and... Drum roll, brrr, Dion as well, who who oh. guests on Cinema of Doom considers comic books children's books. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, yeah, surprise, this surprise. Is a lot of personalities to be in, yeah, uh, yeah. in one room. Well, <clears throat> it's going to be via remote for most of it. I think um, uh, Tash and I might be in the same room or something, but it's, it's we're going to do it on um, Skype. It's going to be a big, big call. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It could be a, could be a hot mess, you know, but... I don't care. Like it won't be the first time Signal Doom's run off the rails. We'll find our way back, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward for sure. to that. And we're doing um, six or seven. No trade of the week because normal si- Signal of Doom. We basically we do the greetings, we do the news. Always my job. I, I love doing the news, as you know. And um, and then we do generally a trade of the week. So we just pick like for example this week it's Hitman volumes one and two, and then we'll do a couple of weekly comics. Literally a couple, like two or three. And well, we, yeah, and the trade, and that's it. Um, this Christmas show, because we've got so many people, um, we're just doing. I've just we've just picked like six or seven Christmas single issues of comics um, from a variety of publishers, and we're just going to do those. And I think that'll be enough, you know. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. So that'll be yeah, next sure. week. Um, now, the other piece of news. I had, Adam, I picked up Hard Travelling Heroes. I already had the Green Lantern, Green Arrow series, um, which is a, the famous Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams, which I admit I've never really read. I've, I've, I've read maybe the first issue of it in the old collection I had, but I bought the hardcover of it last year. Well, I just realised that Mike Grell, um, which is why I'm bringing it up, of Legion fame originally, yeah? Before, mm, yes, sir. I, I believe it's before he did Legion, but I could be wrong. It could be, could have been at the same time. He did um, Green Lantern, Green Arrow after Neil Adams, so he did it with Denny O'Neill. I, I believe immediately following. And I yeah, that have, sounds right. I have to assume he's doing art, and I love his artwork, like in general. Um, so I picked up the hardcover last night called Space Traveling Heroes. Not the best title, frankly. I think like they've <laughs> you know I, I saw that and I was like, that's a shame. <laughs> um, but it's the continuing adventures and yeah it's Mike Grell and Denny O'Neill and I thought well why not it's a nice hardcover put it next to Hard Travelling Heroes on the on on the shelf and um, I was chatting to Richard who's a massive Green Lantern fan as we know um, and I said we'll do Hard Travelling Heroes um, early next year and but I, I thought I like Mike Grell's like I love Mike Grell's writing don't get me wrong but I believe his artwork is just awesome by itself you know uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I was looking at, uh, I think it starts with issue 90, and that was in 76, so this would be a little bit after Legion. Oh, so that's but, when yeah. he did, that's when he did, Um, really, is it that late that he did Green Lantern? I didn't know that. Oh, I thought it was. That's like, what it looks like, after. yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, well, there you go. I don't know if he started before that, but I just oh. saw what was included in the collection. So I guess that first collection is just the Neil Adams stuff then? Yes. The, 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 the first okay. hardcover, I believe, is that because... The first hardcover was originally two soft covers, 
And then they put it together, I believe, in hardcover on one big soft cover, and I got the hardcover. <laughs> and I gave my old ones to Stu, my normal generosity. I don't need these, Stuart. I'm gonna, I literally was like, these are going in the garbage. You can have them. And I was like hanging them over the garbage as I was talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> and his green little hands scooped them up. <laughs> just a, just another interaction between us, you know. Um, yeah, but so, yeah, the first hardcover – Covers, I believe, in full, and it was like late sixties, wasn't it? That um, that that um, Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams did their thing on um, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, like late sixties, like sixty eight or something, I believe. I think it would be more like mid seventies if this one really? came out in seventy six. Yeah. Oh well, I always thought it was like late sixties, like all about like the, you know, civil rights and everything. I always assumed it was like during the hippie era and stuff. Oh. Yeah, I don't think so, but, you know, I could be wrong. I've got no idea. I literally have no idea. I mean, I, I, I've always thought that too, so maybe I'm just wrong. I've read, like, the first issue where the guy's like, um, yeah, you care about the green people and the yellow people, but mm-hmm. what about the black people? That's a that's a cool, um, very iconic, um, you know, panel and and story. So I've always kind of wanted to read it. And then Richard, as usual, Mr. Contrarian, I'm not sure if he's so hot on it, like – because when I said it, because I got that feeling, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing with Rich is like, he always has the opposite take. You know what I mean? Like, he's one of those guys. Yeah. He, he he's happiest going against the grain. Like, frankly, like <laughs> if if everyone hated it, he'd love it. I'm sure. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's um, kind of funny. I was looking here. It looks like the uh, Neil Adams. It says 1970 to 72. Okay, so, so late early 70s. or early 70s. But that's surprising because I thought I said the Grell one came out in 76. So I don't know if there's like a gap. Where maybe there was a gap. Yeah, yeah, ma- yeah maybe. Yeah, maybe they did the thing where they're like, it wouldn't surprise me if they had their hit and then Denny and Neil did something else and then. They tried to resuscitate yeah. it. They're like, "Oh, let's go back to formula. Let's." But this time, they're on a road trip to the stars. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what it sounds yeah. like. It's like hard traveling heroes, space traveling heroes. It's like, oh, thanks, yeah. DC. <laughs> 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 like, really? What's next? Universe traveling heroes, <laughs> like <laughs> multiverse traveling heroes, <laughs> like. Yeah, that's the trouble you get into with those uh, naming schemes. Yeah, they just go Ocean's up and 14, up and up. Ocean's 15. Yeah, yeah. Ocean's 27, Rocky 14. <laughs> yeah, I guess it makes more sense than those uh, Fast and Furious. You uh, know. Yeah. What was it? The Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah. And then Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift. They then, just get confusing. Yeah, then it's like Reboot 1, Reboot 2. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Spider every Spider Man now. Everyone's like so pumped for Spider Man three, and every time I see it, I think of the original Spider Man three with Tobey Maguire. Like my brain, because they didn't call Spider Man Far From Home Spider Man two, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. But but now they're every they're really they're obviously going with the messaging to calling it Spider Man three, like it's in every fucking article. Um, <laughs> did you see by the way the sheer amount of stars that are going to be in this? from the past movies that are going to be in this movie. Yeah, I, I think it's really exciting. Um, you know, it'll probably just be like cameos, but I just like the idea of maybe a tease, either yeah. validating those things, or in the case cool. of Daredevil, like what might be coming up, you know? Well, Daredevil makes sense too, because, um, yeah. I mean, there's no reason to make an alternate version. It can, that could just be Daredevil, you know, him playing Daredevil inside the normal yeah. MCU. Um, no, give I give him a movie. Cool. I would love a movie. I would love a movie. Yeah, I would. I'd love a movie or more TV, and and I'm thinking more Punisher as well. You know, 
Um, yeah. Yeah. I, he was I a think great Punisher. Cool. That, yeah, he was um, fantastic. What's the guy's name? John Berthenol. Uh-huh. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it's it's. But they, they've got like Doc Ock. I I like the guy who played Doc Ock. So I imagine that like he'd be pretty good. He was a good actor. Um, yeah, I wonder how they'll do that though, because he's supposed to be dead. You know, I don't. Ever, yeah, he died. Yeah, I know. But who knows? I mean, they did it with Jay Jonah, where they just kind of brought him in. You know, sometimes that. And like I thought, Electro, Jamie Fox is definitely playing Electro. He says he won't have blue skin. So I thought, couldn't you have a scene? Where he's playing not as stupid a version of Electro, and like um, Andrew Garfield's Spider Man might see him and react, thinking it's his Electro, you know? Yeah, um, that would be interesting if they're just recasting the same characters, and the kind of idea is everywhere in the multiverse, the you know characters look the same but they're different. Which is common comics, though. Like, how many comics have you read? And like Star Trek and stuff, where the kind of mirror universe, they are the same actor, you know? Yeah. You know, I'll say this. I think that you really got to give the CW some credit for mm. this. Because um, I feel like they really started the whole yeah, like recasting did. actors from previous shows. Yeah. Or because uh, like John Wesley Ship, they brought him into the Flash yes. to play Jay Garrick. And then later on, they were like, well, also, here's John Wesley Ship as the flash from his own television show. Like I think stuff like that's pretty cool. And it seems like they're doing it on a larger scale now. What with the Batman news and yeah. you know, spider verse, of course. And then these Spider-Man movies. No, I agree. And I, and I do think CW unfortunately has done it extremely cheesily, but the idea is good. <laughs> yeah. um, and they're also yeah. a good way of, um, it's almost like a reward at times for the actors. It feels like, like a lot of actors who've worked in CW shows have gone on to have cameos in future in, you know, more current CW shows like Lois and Clark were both, I believe in, were they in Smallville? I think they were, they were in something or Supergirl. They were in something, you know? The Oh, you mean Dean Kane? Yes. And uh, Terry Hatcher. Yeah. He was Supergirl. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Um, two questions actually. Mm. First, how do you see this? Well, actually first, what do you think of those Sam Raimi movies? And what do you think of the Andrew Garfield movies? Loved the at, Sam at Raimi time. movies. Loved the Sam Raimi movies at the time. They got me back into comic stores. Um, kind of hard to watch now, though, right? Like just because uh, of how yeah, hammy but, they can be. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I, I look at things in the prism of their time. I don't expect them to. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I, I think they're cool. I think they're really cool, actually, and 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 and, and they're fun and. They were, I they I loved them like have loved them so. Oh man, I've probably watched yeah. them. I used to just like fall asleep to them. That's how much yeah. I loved them, just over and over. Yeah, they're they're good. I mean, look, the original, the, the first two are really strong, and I mean, I even like three. I know everyone hates it, but I, I liked it. Um, I but, think there's stuff to like. Yeah, there's weird choices in there. There's but. weird choices, and but I like Sam Raimi as a director in general, so I'm not surprised <laughs> that I like those movies. I think they're pretty well done. Uh, I didn't hate. I thought the Andrew Garfield ones um, were kind of unjustly, especially the second one. You know, slammed. I don't love them, but I appreciated them for what they were. You know, like I was quite suspicious of them. I wanted the Spider Man to continue with Tobey Maguire at the time, but yeah, and particularly Sam Raimi was really why I wanted to continue because I like Sam Raimi's filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't love. The Andrew Garfield movies, but I didn't. I certainly liked them, and I and they were completely overshadowed by the MCU. I don't ever feel yeah. they got. They never felt like they. 
I think they were starting to run up against the walls of the Spider-Man universe and it, mm-hmm. they desperately needed, you know, I think they need to be more ambitious. Um, but I didn't hate them. I thought he was good. I mean, I, I look, I, I, I like the second one in general because I love Gwen Stacy, that story. Um, yeah. And there were bits and pieces in it I didn't like, like the stuff they're doing with his parents and all that I thought was unnecessary. Um, and also yeah, yeah. it was weird how... Uh, Electro in that movie was basically the Riddler from Batman Forever. Like, just his motivations yeah. and how he acted is super weird. But yeah. I actually yeah. was going to agree with you. I like Spider Amazing Spider-Man 2 quite a bit. I, the first one had issues for me because I thought the lizard kind of looked dumb. Mm. But, yeah. Yeah, look, I, I they're kind of... Because I love Spider-Man so much. They're, they're kind of a movie that if I had a spare Saturday night, I, I would happily throw one on and watch again. Not because I love it, but it's like comfort food, you know. Like uh, th- to me, I'm kind of one of those people. Like the more Spider-Man, the better, you know. Um, and there've been so many takes, like in the cartoons and stuff as well, that uh, you know I don't need it to be. It doesn't need to be sort of Citizen Kane for me to enjoy it if it's Spider-Man yeah. kind of thing. So, but yeah. I am hoping. I, I I I kind of I like Tom Holland, but I I want to get more of a distinctly Spider-Man flavor in this movie. You know, um, yeah, yeah. That's my problem with them. Um, they just don't quite. Maybe it's because of everything that's going on around them and yeah. all the other characters that it just. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm ready for him to like be out of high school. I think I'm kind of done with that. Yes, I am too. And um, I'm ready for him to do things like I, I'm just ready for him to go out of high school and 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 fight like Venom. And I. It's why I'm so excited for all this news that's very Spider Verse heavy. Because um, I, yeah. I appreciate I think it's cool that he meets some of the MCU characters. And I've got nothing against that. And I want him to be in the MCU movies and everything. But I just want him... Spider-Man still has his own title, which is very Spider-centric. You know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I think they need to pay the kid, Tom Holland. And I've said this before on the show many times. And really get him out there as Spider-Man. You know? Um, yeah, I'd like to see another trilogy of him, you yeah. know, yeah. off in college and... Yeah, I, I don't want it to end on three. I'm like, to me, the story's just starting kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Well, here's my other question, though. Mm. Just the logistics of COVID and how a lot of these movies are still being developed, but we still, you know, I'm assuming by the time Spider-Man comes out, theaters will be open. Sure. But if you look at it, like, we're paying Tom Holland, Benedict Cumberpatch, um, now, you know, maybe Tobey Maguire, Andrew yeah. Garfield, Kirsten Dunst. That's a huge you know, paycheck. I don't know if that kind of thing is going to be sustainable going forward. If we're going to be relying mostly on streaming, you know, like I feel like going forward, the budgets are going to be slashed for these things. Well, I think they're they're hoping they're, I mean, I would say Sony's praying to the dark blood gods of money that the vaccine uh, happens and they have a genuine billion dollar movie on their hands, you know? Um, that's yeah. What they it kind just of concerns me, you know. Also with like the Avengers, because like mm. you know, you wouldn't like Endgame. I don't think if it was going in production now, I don't think necessarily that they could afford all those stars. But uh, I also I don't know. know how much. Depends they really how much pay they. Them yeah, it depends how much they pay them. Like, like Toby Maguire hasn't confirmed yet, and that's because I guarantee you, Toby Maguire is trying to negotiate. They're probably offering a pittance, really. You know, um, maybe they could get Jonah Hill. Isn't he the one that you always are uh, complimentary about about his um, <laughs> yeah, ability yeah, to yeah, win yeah, a yeah. deal? Jody, well, Jonah Hill couldn't close the deal, but he was negotiating. No, but what I'm saying is, typically, 
when they do cameos for people, it's not like Kirsten Dunst is going to be all the way through this movie, you know? Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it all depends. I guarantee you that's why Tobey Maguire's um, – his part won't be huge. I mean, Toby Maguire, his career has just come... I was looking on Wikipedia. His career has gone to sleep, you know? Um, Who's this? Garfield? To, no, Toby Maguire. Oh, yeah. Toby Maguire's yeah. career is just... It, it's like it's just stopped. I haven't seen him in anything in years. Um, so he's wise to be negotiating on price because, you know, he was well-liked as Spider-Man um, and this could be a chance for him to sort of get his face back out there. So, you know... Yeah, um, and you know that um, they want him. You know, like, yeah, they, they want mean. everybody. It won't be the same if they don't get everyone. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, exactly. And whereas Andrew Garfield, I I felt was sort of slightly poorly served by the stories, um, and just the fact that the MCU was eating up all the oxygen in the room at the exact time that he was Spider Man, and Spider Man couldn't be. They couldn't close the deal to get him into the MCU. So it was, you, you know what I mean? He was just Spider-Man at the wrong moment in time where all the attention was across the street kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, look, we'll see what happens. But these these companies have got like a, a lot of cash, man. Like, and when you think about it, like, honestly, paying the actors, you know, how much are they really going to pay Tobey Maguire? Five million, you know, maybe? Do you reckon? I, I can't True. see. I can't see. Like it's um, it's not that huge an investment, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But I guess you know, missing out on all that box office money. No, that's seems... the concern, and that's why they'd be hoping. Well, firstly, this movie hasn't even been shooting yet, so let's say it's supposed to get released in December 2021. Let's say a vaccine mm-hmm. has been rolled out. Isn't the vaccine being rolled out? So let's say by December 21. True. Confidence is a lot higher, and you could have a lot of people going back to movies, and if they can. If they what they're going for, it seems like Sony are going doing what they should have done a long time ago, making it a real spectacular, getting people excited like they get excited for Avengers. So people are excited that Spider Man's going to be in cinemas. You know, they don't just go, yeah. oh, it's another superhero movie. I'll just cross it off the list, so it'll it'll get a certain amount of money, which is what they've been doing. That they want people to go, wow, this is wicked. Everyone's going to be in it. I'm I'm jet like people on you know very casual fans are like, I want to go see it. Um, you know, so yeah, in yeah. game and uh, Infinity War definitely upped the yes. expectations. I think like yes. now, whenever there's a movie out like Ant Man two, yeah, you know, it's just another Ant Man movie. I'm like, no, I need something more. I need bigger. Yeah, That's well, kind of how I, I feel mean, anymore. no, I agree. I agree. I I think that there's which I think is what they're doing with Spider Man was my point. Yes, and they are, and I think they're wise too. And I think that probably yeah. this idea. You know, um, I'm glad that it's finally wormed. It's, it takes a while for studio execs to sort of get with the program, funnily enough, it seems. You know, they're, they're sort of gun-shy. They hope that they can do the least amount of effort and get the biggest return possible. Um, yeah. And you, you know how fickle audiences can be. And just getting audiences off their couches, like you've been saying, and into mm-hmm. cinemas is a challenge in itself, I think, uh, post-COVID. I think that's going to be a huge challenge. And it... It doesn't help that Warners are going to release their whole catalogue on HBO Max too. So, um, yeah. people are getting more and more. I, I was I was at a, a function yesterday and I was chatting to a couple, and they said, you know, they've been together. They're married now. They've been together say three years. They've never been to the cinema. They, they just watch everything on streaming, and they're young. <laughs> and that's you know, as a couple, they've never gone to the movies. And to be honest, Michelle and me, we used to go to the movies almost every week, and now it will take a major Marvel movie. You know what I mean? 
Um, yeah, I mean, there's a few things for me, like uh, Christopher Nolan or mm. uh, Bond or something. But yeah, like a uh, Marvel or DC thing is kind of like the main things to go out for. Yeah, and I mean, we're saying that and we're pretty deep into the pop culture. So there's a lot of people yeah. who who just are nowhere near as excited. You know? <laughs> yeah, It'll be interesting. Now, the um, other thing I want to mention is not actually Legion related, but it's the Bob Dylan sale. Have you heard about this? Mm, so, no. Me, oh yeah, yeah. I think you. I heard you. Yeah. Uh, sold all of his music, right? Yes. He all his music that he he held the rights to, which was all his released music, he sold it for somewhere north of two hundred million to I think Universal Music. Um, wow. The 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 number isn't confirmed, but Taylor Swift's songs all sold for about three hundred million um, to an investment really? company. Yeah, like about a week mm. ago. Um, apparently. Uh, when Biden takes office, there's going to be significant tax hikes on that kind of thing, and so they're getting in ahead of that. Um, oh, yeah, so it's 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 taking good for in. them. Yeah, good for them, and and I think it's just interesting though. And like, but what's fascinating to me is like, I mean, look, it's his music; he can do what he wants with it. Like, frankly, and he's probably got like I believe he's got multiple ex-wives, multiple kids, all sorts of things, and he's getting older. Um, yeah, he probably wants to get that substantial you know, uh, liquidity so he can divvy up the funds, you know, prior to dying and, um, mm-hmm. you know, settle his estate kind of thing. But what's hilarious is the reaction of some of the fans like, oh, he's sold out. Like, this is the kind of stuff they were saying on some of the forums. And I'm like, you are aware that none of this was ever for free. Like, he was always, from the 40, 50 years, he's been selling albums and concerts. <laughs> and do you think he's like... Sometimes the fans' perceptions, do you really think he's this kind of like living in a commune kind of guy? Like, he's not. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's just bizarre. Like, they're going, oh, Bob Dylan sold out. Like, it's like he, he, he sold his music at the very first day he signed a contract kind of thing, you know, back in 1960. Yeah, it seems like an odd um, yeah, standard thing to pick up on like yeah obviously the guy is very successful <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah he's been he's i don't know just think I, but it's interesting because i thought at first as a bob dylan fan i was like oh cool like i mean it, they're selling it to universal music and what bob dylan has done a lot in the last 20 years he's, he's still releasing albums but he puts out a lot of archival stuff um he calls them bootleg series and so there's like about 15 or 16 or 17 of them and it's like, you know, he did one with him and Johnny Cash's recordings in the late 60s. <laughs> He'll do ones of, like, live tours. You know, it's good stuff, and it's very, you know, high-quality stuff. Like, it's been, it's not like a bad bootleg. It's like, it's a proper studio release. Unreleased songs. And I thought, oh, sweet, they'll be able to, surely an investment company will pump out a lot more of the stuff from, like, the 70s and 80s of the tours and everything. Because that's the kind of stuff I want. I want some of the complete concerts from like the late seventies and the eighties when he was with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, like they would they did dual shows together for for about Yeah, four I mean years. this sounds like good good news for um you because of yeah. being a big uh, Bob yeah. Dylan fan, right? Yes, but the interesting... But yeah, it's funny, like like people thought he was putting out these albums out of the goodness of his heart. You yeah, know? <laughs> well yeah, but it's like Cash. Yeah, but I think the it just shows you like I mean I think people forget now because up until what ten years ago, when you wanted to get a, a music, you know, you actually went generally you, you went to a store and bought it a CD or whatever, you know, like, and yes, I totally agree. Like with Apple and everything, it's now all digital and Spotify and everything, and you just you know you you don't you you're paying a subscription subscription per month, but it wasn't that long ago that you would go in and buy a CD, 
you know, like it was less than 20 years ago. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, I was buying them, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago. Um, yeah. It's just fascinating how yeah, people, Yeah, I have a whole you know, bunch in my uh, upstairs here, and they just kind of sit there now. It kind of makes me sad. I know. I, I, I When I we moved uh, to our current apartment um, from our old apartment, I, with a heavy heart kind of realized I was never going to play these CDs again. And I, I've literally kept about four CDs or five CDs, but, but um, I had a big collection, you know, like, but, but I love it now that it's all on, on digital and that it's all there kind of thing. Oh like, yeah. It's, it's great. Cool. You know, the only problem is the availability thing, you know, what happens yeah. if this person goes out of favor and then yes. their music gets pulled off or it sells to a different service yeah. and then you have to get another service or something i it seems like that hasn't been too much of an issue with music yet yeah i know what but you mean. i like, know exactly uh, what you mean. like with yeah. netflix like shows like yes. my wife loves the office and then they're like well we're taking it off of netflix yeah that's or something and then now there will be like some kind of uh blackface controversy or something yes. so they'll pull like a whole episode out or whatever but that annoys me and that, it just sucks that's that why you can't i, still, watch the ha- I still have a lot of blu-rays and dvds for that exact reason, mm-hmm. you know, because I, yeah. I, I'm like, you, you come and fucking take my episodes of Fugitive, bitches, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not getting rid of the stuff I care about. I'll unload yeah. stuff that I know I'm not going to watch for a while, but yes, yeah, I still have quite a few. All right. Now, with that aside, oh, and the last thing I wanted to mention was apparently, though, um, what he sold is everything that's been released. So I believe, now I'm not actually looking at the contract sign, but I believe that... He still owns anything new. I don't know. It, and so if he recorded an album now, like today, that he would own the rights to that completely. And I believe that he would still own the rights to all the archival stuff. So maybe he's making a very smart play where he's saying, yeah, give me my $250 million. I can still record whatever yeah. I want and, and earn off that and tour. And I, I, I can also just release archival stuff and my fans will eat it up. You know? Um, yeah, I mean, sounds so, like a smart move. Sounds like a smart move. I'm kind of like, well played, Bob. Like, and let's face it, the guy's like, it is like late 70s, you know? Um, and he tours like normally nine months out of the year. So he's probably had a time to smell the roses, you know what I mean, with this COVID situation. People were like dramatizing on the Facebook page, like, oh, things must be really bad in the Bob Dylan camp. I'm like, really? This doesn't sound like yeah. a bad time. Like if I, I'm like, I'm like, hey, I'll sell the fucking Demorn series for two hundred million if anyone's interested. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you exactly. can fucking have it. Like, go for it. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, um, I guess it's probably the first time uh, Bob Dylan was ever inspired by Taylor Swift, though. You know, yeah, well, sounds like yeah. she had the idea first. <laughs> yeah, she had the idea first, and Bob's like, hey, this Taylor Swift's onto something. <laughs> yeah. I, I like her business acumen. Um, all right, now I think we, it's time for us yeah. to turn to Legion. Now we're Probably. doing just a, just a quick segue. Um, <laughs> Legion Superheroes, uh, The Curse, we're doing the first half of it. Um, you have the issues number there that we're doing. It is 297 to 304 and an annual Legion of Superheroes. Correct, annual two. And it is now just called Legion of Superheroes, not Superboy in the Legion or Superboy Star in the Legion. It is flat out Legion of Superheroes. Yep, uh, since like uh, the 250s maybe. Okay, and uh, this is 1982 it starts in and it goes to 83. I realised during this that what I suspected always was the case, that the Legion time is just literally like the same year as the current year 
in yeah. the comics produced, but it's in like 2982 or whatever, you know? Um, yeah, which I don't know how much that follows through. So like their first appearance would have been, what, 2958? And so now this is, you know, it's kind of cool though. five years later. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, yeah. it's handy for me to be like... I don't think they probably age in that no. time. No, yeah. definitely not. Yeah, yeah, that's the irony of that of that uh, numbering scheme. <laughs> they they don't age, and also the character events don't seem to age much either. Like, it's not like they go well. Remember thirty years ago when such and such got married? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we're all still teenagers. Um, okay, so yes, it is immediately following the aftermath of the Great Darkness Saga, which I believe we did on. Um, regular cinema of doom. Did you and I do that as a regular episode or something? Yeah, it was uh, just the book of the week type thing. So gotcha. we didn't get into it as in depth as we do with what we're doing now. Right. But uh, yeah, we definitely talked about it. Okay. I might even find that episode and put it on a Legion Outpost as well. Um, Cause Not I think it would it. be interesting. Now it was a long time ago though. And I had completely forgotten pretty much everything other than they fought dark side. Um, spoilers, but I found this read of The Curse very enjoyable, and I said to you, the first half of The Curse, how much I was enjoying it. I did find it very dense, but in a good way. Like, it was, it it, it took time to read. I had to absorb a lot of information. You're going to have to leave me by the hand at times. But one thing you'll be happy with, Adam, um, I'm very getting very good at who all the Legionnaires are and everything. You know, like <laughs> I, 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 I'm very into that. So, and I know their names, and that really helps me get through the story. Um, because can you give us before we even start this? Can you just give me a very brief summary of the end of Great Darkness? Like, what Dark Side? What was actually happening there? And what was the? Because I don't really remember, other than they obviously beat him. What happened to Dark Side? Do you remember? Um, let me think. It's been a while for me too. He was and he, same uh, with the Daxamites, yeah. Um, yeah, so he took over a bunch of Daxamites and he like terraformed their planets and he was going to use them to take over the galaxy. Uh, but then there was uh, like a child and different like magical talismans that they were trying to gather. Um, and then the child ended up being like the reincarnation of Orion, mm. and so Orion like takes him down. But, oh, okay. uh, I think Saturn Girl is pretty instrumental in it. Okay. And what he says at the end is like, uh, there's going to be a curse on you, blah, 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 blah. And oh, so that's what right. this trade is following up on, though it takes a little while to get into that, probably the second half more. Yeah, okay. All right, cool. And he, he terraformed Daxum to look like his face as well? Yeah, so we'll see that a little bit later. Um there's a giant dark side head floating around, and that's what that is. Okay. Um, yeah, okay, that's cool. So, yeah, so this very much picks up from there, and just knowing that information, the first issue, uh, 297, is kind of like a... Um, it's very much Cosmic Boy uh, taking front and center, Adam, which you'd be happy with? Yeah, this actually... Yeah, like, this is kind of the first time I feel like Cosmic Boy really got a good spotlight. Mm -hmm. And he does a few of those throughout this uh, trade here, which is really cool. Because really, when you think about it, the Legionnaires on, a, like, a data or, you know, issue-by-issue basis don't get a whole lot of attention mm. individually. So it was cool mm -hmm. that he picked a few to 
focus on. Yes. Um, what they're picking up on here, though, actually isn't directly the Great Darkness Saga. It was the previous issue. There was a, a terrorist attack that blew up um, part of Metropolis, and his family was uh, injured in that mm-hmm. attack. Mm. Yeah, and he's, he's super pissed off about that as well. Um, yeah, I, I liked it, though, because you, you got to see him showcasing some powers... Um, and like, let's name some of the legionnaires we have here. Uh, who's the one which is like, she's all in black. Is that like, is that Shadowlass? No, that's Nightcrawl. She Nightcrawl. only has her super strength and superpowers during night. Oh, okay. Right. She's actually not a legionnaire at this time. She's just a substitute. Right. And on page 10, is that Timberwolf mm-hmm. with the full-on chest-bearing uniform? It is Timberwolf because he's got his little symbol. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, that's he's yeah. really it's, it's like seventies, like in the disco. He's I mean, it's right down to his navel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a uh, yeah, he's, he's a little sexy. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's like yeah, I'm just a sexy beast. Um, and and who yeah. is that with? Oh, that's Lightning Lad with the little lightning, um, mm-hmm. with him. Okay, cool. Uh, and then and we, sorry, and Sunboy there. Yeah, yeah, and some boy. Um, now I really enjoyed. Um, I enjoyed uh, some boy during this. I thought some boy was quite amusing throughout this entire first half of the trade. Um, he's just a he's real, a bit of a ladies' man. Yeah, right? he's just a real player. It's so funny in a later issue when his jaw gets wired shut. And, yeah, and his eyes are still twinkling when the girls are like, "Oh, he's so cute. He's so gorgeous." <laughs> oh my god, some boy. So. We pretty much get though um, in this issue. It's kind of a backstory of on Cosmic Boy. Like you get like the how he was, you know, born and everything. Like he was born on Earth. Um, yeah, it was kind of cool. They actually get into the history of de- uh, his home planet, which mm. is uh, Brawl, mm. and they talk about how uh, they all just naturally have these superpowers that they kind of evolved to fight off these giant metallic monsters. Yeah, which I thought was kind of cool, like a little bizarre, but kind of cool. Yeah, no, and he had stronger powers than normal. Yeah, so he's an athlete there, and he mm. played Magno Ball, which um, is which is actually in Bendis's thing as well, isn't it? Isn't doesn't? Bendis yeah, that seems to be something that? they kind of follow through. I'm not sure where it originated. I don't know if this is the first mention of it or mm. not, but um, yeah, it's kind of a frequent thing for him. Thanks, Bendis, for reading a fucking issue of The Curse, I guess. You know, <laughs> yeah, I think he also had those giant metallic monsters in, in yeah. the Bendis stuff. He also had a lot of um, Bendis fucking just crap, though, unfortunately. Like, <laughs> just time-wasting yeah. garbage. Like, And by the way, we are going to continue doing Bendis, but this was a chunky read, and so the the latest Bendis issue for any Bendis lovers out there who are just dying to hear our thoughts, we will do in the next episode of Legion Outpost. We'll catch up. But um, we're going to give him, like, I, I guarantee you it's an issue where not much happened. <laughs> we need some space is what we're trying to say. We need some space from Bendis. We're actually, <laughs> we're, we're, we're eagerly watching the DC news, hoping that Bendis will go somewhere else onto some other property and, and Legion will go to someone else. I, that's what I hope, you know. Uh, you're not wrong. Like, I'm not as probably desperate as you are, but I am kind of like, I'd like to see somebody else come in. Yeah, I'd but, I'd love, you know, you know but maybe the book won't survive without him. Who knows? That's a good point. That's a good point. So, but we will carry on. But we've also got Timberwolf here with the red eyes, um, very sort of angst ridden. And you sent me a really good because I was like, who is Timberwolf missing? Because even though I'm getting good at the costumes and the names, I'm not so good mm-hmm. on just the human names, you know? Um, 
Yeah, that's a tough one, and that's something that uh, is good to find out more here because when you get into the five years later stuff, mm. they just go by their human names. Oh, really? Oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's not good. I mean, not entirely, but oh, uh, for the why? most part, like you need to know their names. Oh, do they keep their costumes? Uh, not really initially, oh, no. Right. Like, oh, thanks, Keith Giffen. <laughs> Why? Just to make hey, it hard for people like it. me? You'll dig it. You'll dig it. Yeah, I probably will. I, I am really <laughs> getting ready to pull the trigger on that omnibus, by the way. Um, that, well, you know, if it would be better, we could read a little bit for, you know, you make taste. that huge commitment. <laughs> yeah. Have you got it? Have you bought it? No, I would, but, um... Yeah, it's, yeah, I've been a, spending too much money on art. Yeah, I was going to so. say it's a hefty, um, hefty investment, <laughs> and it's also a yeah. hefty fucking item to put on the shelf. Um, yeah, I don't know that I'd actually read it because it's it's you know, big, fifty issues. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot of issues. I've got that Green Arrow, by the way, though. Jesus Christ, that felt good when I put it on the shelf. Yeah. The Green Arrow. Um, oh yeah, it's. I had it in my hands, and I was just like so smug. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but but anyway, so he's missing uh, Lightning Lass, who left mm-hmm. the Legion, and you sent me the screenshot. It was in Great Darkness Saga, and I do vaguely recall it, but it's a really powerful uh, exit from her. She's just tired of all the fighting. Yeah, and she's like, you know, uh, come with me. Or, yeah, I think she says, yeah, come with me or yeah. stay with the Legion. And he she's he's used to being a lone wolf, and he kind of... Um, Guy used to being around the Legion and yeah. feels like he needs him, but then in this in the aftermath, you know, he's just kind of a horny little yes. uh, beastie man. Well, <laughs> and he's, he's very uh, Wolverine of him. He's going out like, to you know? to look for girls, yeah, right, cruising bars. Um, yeah. yeah, but like it's very, it, it is funny. There are a lot of parallels to Wolverine, like the loner who then finds the team, it becomes like a family. And then he's yeah. literally offered the love of his life, I assume she is. She offers to leave with him. And I'm like, just leave with her. Like, you know, yeah. well, why not? But um, the, obviously the Legion wants to keep him, you know, the writers. And um, yeah. I don't know. I think it's it, it's a good character moment, though, that, that image you sent me of her leaving. Like, she's like, the losses pile up more than the victories or whatever. And I was like, it's a very poignant scene. Yeah, yeah. Um... It's weird because a lot of times when I think of them, I think of them as an item. Yes. But really, they don't really reconcile, and they haven't really been together for 40 years. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah it's just kind of weird that it's still like a classic couple. He's still just hungry 40 years later. Are they yeah. together in <laughs> Bendis' run? Uh, no, not no, that it not. has been established. No, yeah. Of course not, because Bendis doesn't like to establish things very easily. He's done eleven <laughs> issues, and we're still we don't know the basics. Yeah, thanks, Bendis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got to say, I want to do a shout out to Paul Levitz and Keith Giffen as writers. It's fantastic stuff. I mean, this is an eighty-two mm-hmm. dude. I, I look, I I'm old enough to know what what comics were like in eighty-two, and most of them weren't like this from DC. You know? Yeah, from my experience, you know, the pre-crisis stuff was a lot of times kind of hard to get into. But this just feels like, you know, it kind of feels like it could have come out today. Yeah. I mean, maybe not quite. Obviously, unless yeah. you were reading Gardner Fox JLA, you would have been fine with that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you. Yeah, no, uh, thanks. No, thank you. <laughs> Gardner Fox with your sort of, you know what didn't help Gardner Fox? The fucking art either. Yeah. You know? I think that's part of my problem yeah, is the, the Justice League just did not have good art for a long time. I know. I totally agree. Even it, in the 80s. 
Well, in the seventies, it gets a bit better, um, but it's still yeah weird. But I, I tell you, it's a title that I'm loving that came from DC. It's that Jonah Hex stuff. You know how I ordered yeah. that omnibus? Oh, dude, I'm telling you, it's really violent, much more violent than I thought it would be. And I'm saying that as a compliment. You know, like it's yeah, um naturally. Yeah, it's it's actually really good. It's really addictive. Like I um I'm 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 reading it at night, like before I go to bed, and I'm just like, man, this is just singing off the page to me. And I'm and I'm reading the scan copies of my iPad. I can't wait for the fucking omnibus to get here. Um, yeah, I've only stuff. ever really read the um, Jimmy Palmiotti, Justin Gray. Yeah, but um, everyone's you know, the by character that. had a huge following. So. Yeah. Well, um, the it's sad because the guy who did a lot of the writing of it. Michael Fleischer, he wrote a ton of it. Like, he wrote most of the ongoing. Because what I'm reading is actually prior to the ongoing. It's when he was in Weird Western Tales. And then Michael Fleischer comes on during that. And then he he pretty much writes the entire ongoing. And he writes the one where he's in the future. Um, yeah. After Crisis. Yes. Yeah. And I've got all that stuff. But... um. But everyone swears by the Pomiati stuff, and I'm sure I'll love it because I love Jimmy Pomiati. But I I want to read the classic stuff, and I look, I I agree with you. I think a lot of comics pre-crisis suffer. You know, like not all, but there's a lot of stuff that seems just mediocre. You know, um, I guess uh, yeah. yeah, and I mean part of it is our modern perspective on what comics are, where yeah. like. Yeah, I'm not throwing shade at people if they enjoy what they were back then. It's just oh, not right. what I've come to expect, you know? Well, I, I, I'll, I'll go further. I think comics recently have fucking severely slumped. I, I, I think, oh, sure, I sure. think the golden period for DC, it, I mean, there are gold. Look, I love a lot of classic DC, like, so don't get me wrong, but there's a stretch post-crisis into the in 90s, really, at the bat office and into the early 2000s with Johns and all that that's a pretty much a golden period on a lot of titles, you know? Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think I think that was just our era where yeah, like a twenty know, year modern run stuff isn't as good, and the older stuff just isn't really to our taste or to yeah. my taste. Yeah, I'm a bit more. I'm a bit more of an old man, so you know, I'll go back and read some of the <laughs> older stuff. But but um, I mean, you give me some of the modern stuff that comes out on a week to week basis now. I'm I'm like, really, this is it? This is as fucking yeah, good man. I haven't been very happy uh, with a lot of the stuff coming out. No, that's why I'm From digging DC back in and, my, and Marvel. Marvel are just woeful. Marvel are a joke right now to me. You know, yeah, there's a couple of good titles coming out. I know people will be out there screaming and shouting from the rooftops about Nick Spencer's Spider-Man and like Daredevil or something. But yeah, you read some of the trash and it, it literally, you know, I'm not going to pay five ninety nine or whatever the fuck they want me to pay for it. Like, no, no, yeah. thank you. Now, turning back to 1982 and guys who knew what they were doing, um... Yeah, so what what's Cosmic Boy doing here? It's, it's pretty much, it, it's really interesting. It, it's just his full origin, and, and I love it. And you see RJ Brand there, who pops up later in these issues, and you see... Well, also yeah. what's notable is he's kind of using his powers in a way that he never has before. So he's going to visit his parents, and he's able to use his magnetism to like reprogram this machine to let him in, mm. which I thought was pretty cool. Never really done it before or since but you know it's cool to see what he's capable of but yeah this is probably your first uh exposure to the legion's origin right with this rj brand page yes i've heard of it and i've read of it many times but no it's definitely um seeing the actual incident play out it's my first time for seeing that you know so it's good to see not like a particularly great origin but cool to see oh i think it's cool 
the, the way the three of them foiled an assassination. I, I believe it could be done a lot more interestingly than it's done. <laughs> but yeah. in, in concept, it's cool. And that's kind of, uh, I think it makes sense. And then it's kind of like he's the financier of the religion. Um, yep. Yeah, and it's kind of the birth of the dream, really, isn't it? I, I, I think it's cool. I, I always got the impression that Legion was a lot more than 20 people. I, I think it's kind of cool that it's kind of this sort of... It's not as huge as, like, the Green Lantern Corps, which is what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was, like, way too many people, you know? And then I was like, when you get into it, you realise, oh, no, actually, it's it's large, but it's not ridiculously large, you know? Yeah, I mean, I would say at the most, like... I think- there's maybe like 30 35 to 40 sure. but you know generally like here i always kind of had the perception that once you were in the legion you kind of stuck around until you died but i think oh, see in this volume a lot people kind of retire off yeah. of the team might stick yeah. around as supporting characters but aren't necessarily on the team yeah definitely the ones who get married like bouncing boy and um what's it uh, Joe damsel um yeah, they they leave, and I just think it's a weird rule that when you get married, you have to leave the Legion. It was a rule. They kind of did away with it when a Lightning Lad and Saturn Girl got married. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some people still decide to, like, settle down. So in this, a Lightning Lad and Saturn Girl married? They are, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yep. And they're allowed to continue? Yeah, uh, I, th- I think the rule might have been changed, like... In the same issue, they got married. Right. Didn't want to change the rule for Bouncing Boy and Duo Damsel, but yeah, they'll change I know. it for. But it, but like they're reservists, so it's just weird. Like, is it because that Bouncing Boy is kind of more a comedic character? They don't want him in it all the time. Could that be part of the reason? Yeah, I think so. He's kind of cheesy, but I think they find a good role for him here. Yeah, I like him. Um, I think he's fine. But yeah, I think the reason they got rid of the rule is just because they realized, you know, we're all growing up, and yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, why would we all just retire just because we're growing up? Yeah, it's not like you're retiring because you're 80. You're in your prime, really, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so, yeah, and then we, we have scenes here. I really got to be honest, I found Chameleon Boy, someone I don't normally find interesting, had a good arc throughout this volume. Um, and he's just come out of imprisonment, and that does that does ring a bell in Great Darkness Saga. Mm-hmm. He was imprisoned. That is actually ringing a bell with me. Who's the chick with sort of? She's in white and she's kind of got like earmuffs on, white earmuffs. She's that's um, Phantom Girl. Phantom Girl, right? And the person he's shaking—that's Ultra Boy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. with the cool costume. I, I like Ultra Boy. Um, yeah, I like his power set. A- am I right in saying that like a lot of the looks of the facial features of the Legionnaires aren't really consistent in artists? Like some. People draw them quite differently, like facially. I, I go by that. That's why I go by I their uniforms a lot. Yeah. That's kind of why I'm yeah, like, why is Giffen Keith Giffen? has yeah. his own look and then, yeah. you know, somebody else might have their own. But that's why I kind of depend on the uniforms a lot because the uniforms really tell me who they are without having Yeah, and even of... that can be difficult sometimes, right? Like yeah. uh, if they change the color schemes. Yeah, yeah. When did um, Saturn Girl lose the marvelous bikini, which I just can't believe they, they took away from her? She looks so cute in that. Like she's back to sort of the pregnant <laughs> I, I proper. think that was uh, the Great Darkness Saga trade. What a shame because she looks she looked fantastic in that, you know, and and now she's back to the pregnant proper Saturn Girl, which I also like, but it's nothing like the sexy Saturn Girl, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think the prim and proper kind of fits her personality a little better, maybe. I guess, but, you know. 
<laughs> I'm not happy about it. Um, yeah, no, definitely her personality in this it does fit. But so in essence, I mean that's kind of the the first. This is an interesting exploration of Cosmic Boy, and I think for Cosmic Boy fans out there, you were saying he's very popular, which would make sense. He's a founding member of the Legion. Um, this has got to be a seminal issue for Cosmic Boy fans. Yeah, I mean he's the found one of the founders, so there's three, and he's also the first leader, which to me is significant. That yeah. You know, kind of makes him like when Superboy's not a Cosmic Boy is the Superboy of the Legion. Like he's the so, one that you know follows. Pulls the he's the example. He's yep. the the leader. Yep. Even when there's like a different elected leader, but yeah. And this was cool because we see him like wanting to take revenge on these people that yep. bombed his family, Terrorists. killed his mother. Um, yep. And you know, in the end, he does the right thing, just um, because he's a hero. Yeah, he does. Uh, it would have just barely. Shot. Yeah, and he, yeah. he he enjoys the pain that he caused them, and you almost get a little bit of forebo- foreboding in that second to last panel. Let me have a look. Um, yeah, definitely. I'll make you a bet, PG. Neither did he. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but he's kind of smiling because he's remembering yeah. the screams. I think. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's a bit of darkness. Sometimes it's good to give the hero the the purer than purer. He, he's he is very. You're right. Superboy is a good analogy because he has that streak of good in him, doesn't he? And rule abiding mm-hmm. kind of thing. So giving him a touch yeah. of you know darkness for want of a bit of a term, I think adds to his personality a little bit. But he doesn't he doesn't go over the ledge. He he sort of teeters on the precipice for a second, then he draws back. Um, yeah, this issue was also cool just to see how you can use magnetism in different ways. Like he is using his magnetism to fly rather than his flight ring because he can move quick quicker. Mm. Um, yeah, that was cool. So yeah, just things like that I thought were pretty cool. Be cool um, in a sort of like Marvel he punches bit. his girlfriend outside of a building. I didn't know if you <laughs> what happened noticed that. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, uh, when, yeah. He um, yeah, he yeah, he just yeah. kind of cog cocked her really like. Um, it was yeah. to it was to get away from it. She wanted to do something or other with him, and then he was just like, "No, I've got stuff to do." Um, who was his girlfriend? Yeah, was it she was gonna. Who who's his girlfriend? That's Night Girl. Right. Okay. Yeah, Night Girl. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what's funny was there's one part where they show her like back from the Silver Silver Age, yeah. and she says something. Uh, Remember that funny boy font hairdo you had back yes. then? Yes. He's like, I thought it looked so cute. Mom hated it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. But that was funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good, it's a very good issue. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Now, then we got to issue three oh uh, two nine eight. Sorry, what am I saying? Two nine eight. The Edge of Nowhere. Now, this featured some of my favorites. Not Block. I find Block boring. Um, but no. Wildfire and Dawnstar. Just, I mean, two of my absolute favorites. Um, this was a particularly yeah, they're pretty fun. Yeah, they're, they're they're just fun. Like who can't who? I mean, who can't not like Dawnstar? The way she looks and she rolls around, she's a lot <laughs> of fun. And um, and and Wildfire is just fun. He's just such a he's just such a you know a free spirit. Really, he's just such a hothead. Is is the word I'm trying to describe? Like yeah, he's kind of like the Wolverine. I think of the X Men. Yeah, um, maybe a bit more comedic. as far as temperament. Maybe a bit more comedic as well. Like it's almost played yeah. for laughs a little bit. Um, it's just cool. Like it's he's a really good ensemble character. Like you wouldn't want all wildfire all the time, but in a team like this, mind you, Legion has its fair share of like um, loose cannons. You know, 
Yeah, I mean, when it's not Wildfire, it's Timberwolf or yeah. Ultra Boy or Lightning Lad or Sunboy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Sunboy. Ultra Boy. Like, there's a lot of them who are just like, fuck the rules. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we we want to cut loose. Now, this guy who's coming in, let's get clarification on who the enemy's going to be. Um, this guy in green, uh, it, it is Ord Quello of Lalor, known as Duplicate Boy. And he comes in yeah. hot, real hot. I was going to say, he's a member of the Heroes of Lalor, which are a different team of 30th Century's heroes. I see. Now, he's yeah. real pissed off because... Um, Basically, his one of his ex girlfriends is is with someone else. Is that is that basically how it is? Not his ex girlfriend. That's uh, shrinking Violet there. Yes, and she snuck off with Colossal Boy. They kind of got together oh. in the Great Darkness Saga when they were stranded on an asteroid and thought they were going to die. But they're very cozy um, in this one. Yeah, I mean, we find out later. It's kind of hinted at, yes. uh, but not really fully revealed until the next one. Is they've actually been gotten married? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And, and but that's why he's so pissed. Um, yeah, he's, he's dating her and she's cheating on him. Right. So, oh, it's technically it's full cheating. So, like, okay, so she's in, in on page thirty-seven. They're in this kind of like sort of someone calls it tacky. One of the legionnaires calls it tacky, like a like a bit of a love hotel. And on like on <laughs> and so who is the guy with her? It's it's colossal boy. Is it colossal boy? Right. Okay. Whose power yep. is that he can be massive? Yeah. Is that right? Right. And yeah. she's. She can drink. Oh, perfect! So it's like a. It actually works as a as a sort of like, you know, it's got. It's got <laughs> well, a, I guess it's like Ant Man and the Wasp, right? Yeah, it's got a synchronicity to it. Giant Man. Uh, but but he's yeah. happy as a clam. Old Colossal Boy. He's got his arms back over. You know, he's like leaning back into the cushions. And I thought for a second she was topless, but she, you do see that there's a bikini there of some sort. You know. Yeah, they have those weird uh, yeah. bikinis that just stick to the front. Wraparounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and um, I hope you like the level of analysis I'm giving that scene there. I'm really focusing in to see, because I thought for a second we had a topless shot from behind. No. <laughs> um, Naturally. Yeah, and then, um, but meanwhile, uh, Dawnstar, I'm not a fan of this invisible kid, this French guy with the stupid skunk haircut. Uh, the French stuff can be annoying. Yeah. The significance here is that these five are the newest members of the Legion. Yes. Um, and they've all gone out together on a mission well they're the newest except for one guy that already left yeah. but uh the reason he has that skunk hair is in the dark great darkness saga right that's the trade that actually introduced him right and when he was like facing down against dark side dark side looked in his soul and it turned his hair white but just he, he's just not much you. of an interesting character right? i just don't find invisible kid that fascinating although i do like when he goes into the other dimension that's a cool issue um yeah I've never. I was never the biggest fan of him, but he's kind of grown on me, yeah. and he feels a little bit more legitimate now, mm-hmm. um, in hindsight, because he has stuck around. Yes. Um, in the retro boot, and then the uh, the okay. Bendis stuff he's in. All right, he's hung. He's hung around. Uh, then we have White Witch as well, who I like, and she's the sister of Dream Girl, one of my favorites. Uh, Dream Girl doesn't get a lot of play in this, even though she's the leader in the, in, the, in what we read. Yeah, um, um, she gets a few highlights um yes, and i think she comes off pretty well she's actually regarded as one of the better leaders yeah, she's cool though she's like doing nails and stuff when she's giving instructions yeah. <laughs> i like it and, uh, cool. one thing i thought was cool about white witch was she is kind of useless if she's not 
preparing the proper spells. Yeah, she's like a proper like magic on, user in like D and D or something, which gets mentioned in this volume a few times. Like magic users <laughs> in D and D, at least when I play D and D, you you had to memorize the spells. She's very much that kind oh, of witch. Yeah, yeah she's like you've got to memorize them the night before, and then you cast them and they go out of your mind, kind of thing. If she hasn't got her spells prepared, the right spells, she, yeah, she's useless. Like, which is cool. It's a limitation of the magic, you know. Yeah, it would be easy to just have her like as a Doctor Strange that just comes yeah. in and fixes everything, or Doctor Fate. But yeah, and it's just like no matter what, they can always just change everything. Yeah. And it's like fuck, like give me a break. <laughs> like I, I yeah. just find as a writer, I'm like that's cool for a trade, you know. Yeah, like that's exactly. you know six issues. Yeah, no problems. Sixty six issues of that. Don't know, you know. And then he yeah. fixed it all. In the last panel, like yeah. very Golden Age style, with his magic, the end. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why, like in Jeff Johns' JSA, he kind of like wrote Doctor Fate out of the book, yeah, in a way, just yeah. to kind of get him off the table. Interesting character, uh, in small doses, as far as I'm concerned. You know, yeah, same. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool uh, design. Yeah, cool, cool design. Very cool design. And, and and I've got no real problems with the character. It's just him continuing issue after issue that I'm sort of like, I, I don't think so. You know. Yeah. Um, so what have we got here as we as we go a bit further into this issue? Um, what are Wildfire and all these guys actually doing? Like they're they're assisting with like the repair, it looks like. Um there was a murder and they're investigating a murder. Um yeah, I don't think they're really assisting with the repair. Oh, okay. If anything, a... they're causing more damage. Yes, um, in a mining thing. Mining is a dangerous occupation, human. You either get used to it or you quit or die, someone else says. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. love Wildfire. He's always just like so temperamental, like just always ready to rock it off somewhere. Like literally, yeah, exactly. I love the. If you look on page forty-one, I love the artifact of like he's got his hands on his head and like the little fire coming out the thing. He's going ah, somebody yeah. please. He's <laughs> just always pissed. He's always exploding out of his suit and stuff. Yeah. It's just a. Uh, he's pretty unique in that regard. I, I don't know of a lot of other characters that are like energy in a suit. No, I'm I think sure there cool. are, yeah. but. And we, we get, uh, later on in this issue we, series, we get the the recap where Dorney just basically says, it, it, it'd be great if there was someone in there to kiss, but we know there's not. See you later, Wildfire. And it's just like... It's kind of harsh. Yeah, you just imagine Wildfire, yeah. like, no! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck this. He, he explodes uh, out of frustration. He says, damn! <laughs> exactly. Um, then we're back yeah, at Legion. One of my Head- favourite pages. Yeah, it's a great page. Uh, what, uh, back at Legion Headquarters... Uh, the science officer is she's the science police liaison, isn't she? Um, mm-hmm. Now, what's her name and what's her background there, Adam? Uh, her name is Siobhan Aaron. She came around originally during the Magic Wars, uh-huh. which uh, or not the Magic Wars. Uh, I forget what the story was called. There was a story that Paul Levitz wrote uh, back a little bit that uh-huh. people really like, um, but now he brought her back when he came back to the Legion. Okay. Um, and, and yeah, she, she's as, as a liaison officer liaison. Right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of her developing a relationship with Element Lad, mm. who you'll notice gets a new costume here in this trade. Yes. And Element Lad was famously the one in Legion Lost, wasn't he, that went crazy. and Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, does he also grow a beard in this? Is that- mm, I don't think so. Oh, okay. One of the Legionnaires grows a massive beard. Oh, that's Starboy. Okay, Starboy. I get the two of them confused. Um, it's funny that yeah. they're playing Pac-Man um, on the screen. Miss Pac-Man. 
She's got a little bow. Oh, she does. Yeah, well, well spotted, actually, Adam. Yeah, well, good work. Um, yeah. No, it's good stuff. And that on the screen there, that's Chief Zindak. He's, you know, the you know chief of the science police. But right. what's cool is that uh, Giffen and Levitz kind of developed the supporting cast of the Legion more. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And you sort of see some of these people who they work with, you know, um, yeah, and, exactly. and deal with. Um, it is funny that these two go off and they see the fight between... What is his name? Duplicate Boy and Colossal Boy in his underwear. Mm-hmm. Colossal Boy's in his underwear having to fight him. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just going for it. It's so funny. And so it's all over over um, Shrinking Violet, yeah? Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Cool. And, and then Ultra Boy takes him out by... Yeah. He, he knows that if he fights him face on, that Duplicate Boy will beat him because he can duplicate any powers... Yes. Um, so he just has to take him out all stealth-like. A little ultra strength for tunneling. This should be about right. Switching my ultra energy to Pendravision shows I'm right on target. And then just, like, knocks him over. So he actually literally falls yep. over into his face. Um, <laughs> and when she says, please don't hurt him, my Jim, is she referring to Duplicate Boy? Uh, she's referring to Colossal Boy. Colossal Boy. So her allegiances really have switched. Um, well, if you scroll back uh, to page 37, mm-hmm. you'll see that whenever Duplicate Boy bursts in, she says, Gim, who? I call him Gim. Some people call him Jim. Right. But my, my dad always told me Gim. Okay. But they're l- alluding to the fact that she's oh, not yes. who you think she is. Right, yeah, she doesn't even... Yeah, I get you, because, yeah, she's saying she's talking to Colossal Boy, like she's saying, Gim, I... And then Jubilee Boy comes in, and she's got no idea who it is, which which yeah. pays off much, you know, later towards the latter part of the first half, which we read. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's good. So she's not actually that. doing anything wrong, other than the fact that she's actually a spy. Yeah, 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 she's not. I mean, yes, she's not being deliberately unfaithful. I wonder if that caused yeah. a stir with Legion fans at the time before they knew that, if they were so connected to Shrinking Violet's romance with Duplicate Boy. Yeah, you know, I don't think they were probably that attached to Duplicate Boy because he didn't show up that much. Yeah. Um, but they probably don't really like the idea of a, a favorite character being like unfaithful, I would say, you know? Yeah, a bit of a cheater. Yeah. yeah. Mind you, if it was Dream Girl, I wouldn't care. I'd say that's fine. <laughs> well, look, let's face yeah, it. Yeah, there is actually some stuff about that. Um, in the five year later stuff, she's always kind of like yeah. wanting uh, Starboy to go off and have an affair with her. Yeah. Does he? I don't think he does. Oh, God. If I was that. But yeah, in the five year later stuff, they get into like some of the infidelities and All right. uh, you know, having affairs with other legionnaires. You're selling me on this omnibus. <laughs> it's pretty grown up. It's very grown up comics, kids. <laughs> the legionnaires have sex with people who aren't their partners. Very, very <laughs> risque. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure it's not that risque as well. Like you know. It's, it's, yeah, I mean it's uh, more implied. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. I'm sure it is. Oh, I don't know. I mean that that five year later stuff can be pretty. Um, I'm feeling pretty it, adult. You know. I'm feeling it, man. We'll, we'll definitely do some of it on the on this on Legion Outpost for sure. You've kind of wet my appetite oh, yeah. a little bit. Um, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Do it. Okay. So we then get to the appearance. Uh, turning to page forty-seven. Who is this guy who turns up? Um, so he is a. a, a most people pronounce it Kund. K h u n d. Yes. K h u n d. Yes. 
Yeah, you got to be careful about the pronunciation because sometimes it sounds like you're saying something else. <laughs> sure. It, yes, in um, today's political climate, that would be very naughty and bad. Yeah. Um, but he is not that significant. But this is right. kind of a, a, a commonly reoccurring legion race. Right. Um, so and he's they just like even a appeared in like present-day stuff. Yes. I've, I've seen the name before in um, comics, but I've never – so he's just like a soldier in that race. Is that right? Yeah, though you know he he's appeared before where he challenged the legionnaires, and his thing seems to be like we're gonna have combat. And mm. Nobody, you know, nobody leaves until one of us is dead. And, okay. Yeah, I think his name's like Carlac or something. And yeah, he's Carlac. quite confident he can take on multiple legionnaires at once. Yeah, which is a false confidence, but he does. Uh, okay. Don, uh, he kind of takes Donstar down and then Wildfire disappears. I like this panel on page 48 where yes. instead of writing the word Donnie, they put it in his screen. I like think he's... it's fabulous. I think this is the kind of artistic touches that I think really raise the caliber of this book. It's already a well-written book, but it's visually got some very interesting pieces like that. Yeah, it's great. And look at, that picture of, look at that picture of Dawnstar just above where she's flying mm-hmm. behind him. I mean, she just looks gorgeous. You know, she does. I, I just, I'd kill to see like a live action version of her in that costume. Um, yeah, man. Hopefully, uh, we get some kind of like HBO show. That'd be cool. It would be cool. Do you think it'll ever happen? I don't, I don't know, happen. man. Back when they were doing the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, there was like a rumor going around that they were trying to do a Legion movie. Um, why? Why can't in all the it, CW but... shit has the Legion come into it? Like in the more recent stuff, I know they were. A terrible version of them in Smallville because I watched it. Has there been? Yeah, um, they appear in Supergirl actually quite a bit. Some of really? them. Uh, Monel becomes a big character. Really. Uh, and the actor actually he marries Supergirl in real life. The two actors. Yeah. Um, but Brainiac Five is the main one that appears, and Saturn Girl has also appeared. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Is it any good? I'm not a big super I, fan. I'll be honest, man. I haven't been able to get into it. The yeah. only one of those shows I can watch is The Flash, really. Yeah, I, I thought you might have just checked in to watch the episode, though, kind of thing, you know? I, You know, if it was more than just a few of them. Like, they ever did a payoff episode where it's like, here's yeah. the Legion of Superheroes, and there's like a dozen of them, yeah. and it was a story about the Legion, then maybe I'd watch it, but yeah. I get the impression they haven't really done anything like that yet. Okay, cool. Yeah, and Supergirl was well, all... The Supergirl ending, who knows? Maybe they would try to do a spinoff for that. I'd I'd at least give it a try, but um, but I'd almost prefer like a HBO Max show, you know? Yeah, me too, me too. Yeah, that's what that's what I would prefer. Like they're doing Green Lantern Core, you know? Because you could do some of the more adult yeah. concepts. Like I think there's a the funny thing is, even though the Legionnaires are supposed to be teenager, I actually think that they're quite well characterized and have some really interesting subplots in the stories that have run. I actually think it's really quite an interesting dynamic in the team. Like you could do something with that in a TV show. You know? Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of what's interesting is uh, recently I shared an article about the Levitz paradigm where he does this A plot, B plot, mm-hmm. C plot thing. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of credited to with bringing that to comics. Mm-hmm. And I was asking around, like, you know, how much of a role did he play in this becoming popular? And they said, yeah, they kind of brought it to comics, but it came from TV. Yes. So it's kind of like this stuff, you just put it on tv and it's kind of already done or what would be cool is if they did like the five year later thing and they flash back to like the legion's heyday yeah, i cool. know chuck dixon swears by that paradigm and the paul levitt's taught it to everyone you know like when he yeah. was like you know when he became like one of the higher 
highest people at um, DC Comics, when it, well, I don't know what his title was, like editor-in-chief or whatever his position was called, I mean, he taught that to, you know, in, in literally like in workshops to people and stuff. Um, and I think here in these issues is some of the best times that he put it to use, to be yes, honest. Like for sure. The chunk that we're reading. He's a total pro, isn't he, really? You know? Yeah, and yet, you know, he didn't really do that much uh, outside of Legion. I feel like he did some JSA, he did, what, the Huntress? Um, well, I guess he got into, but, um, into you know, the sort of yeah. executive side of the business. Well, good for him, too, because I think that's the kind of the era that you and I both we seem to really it. like, right? Yeah, we love um, it. Paul Levitz did a lot for creators, too. He had the discretionary funds, yeah. and um, he, he did a lot to give money to creators, uh, kind of, you know, and and pushed for their rights and stuff when he was when he was at that high position in DC, you know. So, all credit to Paul Levitz both as a creator and as an executive. Really, I mean, frankly, did a lot more than a lot of other people have done, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think by all accounts, uh, pretty great guy. We'd love to get him on the Legion Outpost. Can you imagine? We'd roll the red right. carpet all the way out. I'd get the <laughs> I'd get the Royal Fanfare music coming on for Paul Levitz for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would be somebody that, uh, you know, would be on my, um, what would you call it? like Mount Rushmore of yeah. comic book creators. Well, we've, we've done the Mount Rushmore, haven't we? And it was getting crowded, but yeah. Paul Levinson, well, I think, Keith Giffen have to be on there, frankly. Yeah, yeah well, I meant even in comics, even oh, outside of the right. League. Wow. Yeah. So he's on the, wowee. So he's on the he's on the Mount Rushmore of comics. Big move. For me. For, for me, you. Yeah. For you. No, I, I support it. I like it. I like it. I'd have Chuck yeah. on there. For sure, yeah. I'd have probably. Um, I mean, you've, you, if you just comics in general, I guess you'd have Stan Lee on there for sure. Um, who else? I mean, everyone is going to really? say Stan Lee. I mean, uh, I like, you know, I never read much by actually written. Well, by Stan well I'm Lee, talking obviously. about I know his comics impact. in general, like so. You know, like his impact kind of thing. You know. Well, then would Chuck Dixon really go if you got Stan Lee on there? Are you going to have room for Chuck? I'd put Chuck on there before Stan. Uh. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> but, uh, but but it's like my. Uh, you, I figured to be like Stanley, Jack Kirby. Yeah, I suppose so. you know. Yeah, like the the yeah Mount Rushmore. It's kind of like the originators and stuff. Like people say, like um, yeah, definitely. I'd have Stanley and Jack Kirby on there for sure. Um, Joe Schuster, Jerry Siegel. Yeah, well, that's the kind of classic wall of creators. I guess I'm yeah, thinking more. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, I don't yeah. think I'd put Stanley on my personal. No, um, no, not on my personal. No, I. Um, he's Uncle Stan to me always. Um, he almost gets there. He'd be kind of like the force ghost looking at it, really. Um, <laughs> I'd have Chuck on there on my personal. I'd have Grant Morrison on there. I'd have Ed Brubaker on there. You know. Yeah, I was gonna say Grant Morrison. Yeah, um, I definitely have Brubes on there for sure. You know, and and you know what. Uh, I'd have um, I'd probably have Rucker. Greg, I'd probably have Greg Rucker, yeah, and I'd have Larry Hammer. Um, okay. I don't know. I mean, you, we're gonna have to build some more. Yeah, uh, we're gonna build mountain. some. We're gonna build some on. more mountain. We're gonna we're gonna get some. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, why not? Like you know, we we've got room. We can expand. Uh, I kind of like the idea, which I said to you, kind of like in Narnia or the Witch's Castle, where she has all the people in stone. I'd just do that. I'd have like a lot of them, kind of thing. And then I'd have a throne, 
and on the throne <laughs> would sit the ultimate person. You know what I mean? Like and they could fight over yeah. the throne kind of thing. Because I feel Naturally, like yeah. it's fluid. You know what I mean? Like you'll always get new challenges yeah. in. Like you'll get your Donny Cates who thinks he belongs. You'll just get destroyed in the in the courtyard of true legends kind of thing. <laughs> like they'll fight amongst themselves to be the legend. Like you'll have – like I'm not a huge fan of him personally, but I think Mark Wade belongs on like a – on like a sort of personal Mount Rushmore because of how many good comics he's done, even though I find him one of the most annoying people, you know, like Mm. his work is very strong for a long time. So would he be on the throne? No, but I'm sure he'd fight like a little bitch for it, you know. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, you'd have – I think Paul Levitson and Keith Giffen would be in there. Why not? Throw them in the ring. Yeah. I mean, they'd definitely be on mine. Uh, Jeff Johns. Sure. Grant Morrison. That's probably my four if I had to pick four. Sure. If we weren't doing some kind of uh, crazy, death what's it match. called, a kumite? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. What does what does that mean? Isn't that from uh, that uh, John Claude Van Damme movie? I don't oh. know. I haven't seen it. I've not seen it either. Like blood it's sport like a or something. Match, is it? I think. Yeah, death match. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I like the death match idea, though. Of course, I do. <laughs> I think Chuck could hold his own in a death match, frankly. I think see, this is the thing. I, I reckon Chuck had come loaded for bear. You know, guys like him guys like him and Larry Hammer would turn up with a shotgun, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that seems a little unfair, but yeah, I I, I would believe that. <laughs> All right, so moving on from our death match of creators. Right. Um I've got to say Block for me, one of the most boring legionnaires. You know? Really? Okay. I I mean I can see that. Um he's always kinda of like the I don't know, like the heart in a way. Is he? He's just kind of dumb. They always make fun of him, say how yeah. stupid he is. Pebble but, head and know. stuff. I, I would too if I was on the Legion. Rockhead. Yeah. One of them just calls him Pebblehead all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I love Dawn it. Dawnstar is pretty mean to him, actually. Well, Dawnstar doesn't mind lashing out a little bit, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and he's being nice to her too. She, he's like carrying her literally in page 50. Yeah. You know, he's like, yeah. you know, Could Block you is, there. It, 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 it's, it's not very nice of me to dislike Block because he seems like a nice person. But, um, you know, it is how He it has is. a pretty untimely death, too. So oh, does he? Sad. Does he yeah. get blown up, I bet, disintegrated or something? Uh, he definitely gets uh, put into little bits. Oh, really? Like little uh, smaller blocks. Yeah. <laughs> smaller blocks. Um, <laughs> how about when Jubilee Boy just leaves? He's just like, bye, and just explodes. Um, yeah, he says... Um, that she's not the Violet I fell in love with. Bye. And you kind of think he just me, yeah. Um, and he says that, and you kind of get the impression that he's like, she's turned into kind of a, a bitch. Yeah. But later on in the next, or the rest of this volume, yeah. it's kind of implied that he knew then that this is not the shrinking Violet that we know. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What, and when mean, she gets out, she actually gets pretty pissed off and, like, punches him in the face. Oh, dear. Yeah. Okay. When she gets out, yeah. Oh, I see. Right. That she doesn't, that he didn't believe her kind of thing. Well, that he didn't try to come look for her or tell anybody. But did he know? Or did he just, I thought he meant, Well, that's like, the implication at, oh. at that time is that he did know. Oh. Um, that yeah, would seem so odd that he wouldn't, like, clue the others in. <sighs> There's also, like... <laughs> I think the idea that maybe she was undercover and he didn't know what was going on, but yeah, I don't oh, know. I took it. As we'll see when we get there. I took it. Yeah. Okay. Well, cause I took it as like, she's just changed. She's not the woman I knew and leaves, you know, but yeah, yeah. here, that's definitely how I took it. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Yeah, um, that's interesting. okay. And then, yeah. And then it's, but it's so funny. 
when um what what did you say it's Nike or she's like ready to leave Joe or do you want to check check into Hotel Tacky too? <laughs> oh, you mean Phantom Girl, yeah. yeah Phantom Girl with a cute little What's earmuffs up? on. It's so funny yeah. how she calls it Hotel Tacky because it is kind of tacky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I this love, is where we the... get the first uh, roots of the idea that Element Lad knows that this is an imposter. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I saw that too. It was Violent's face that was interesting. She wasn't worried or happy or concerned. She was afraid. Yeah. What's happening here, my little lady detective? Do you think we'll ever know? And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because I was lost. But, um, yeah. Yeah. And then the next, there's a little panel here with RJ Brand, who's Chameleon Boy's father, and they're kind of going to um, go on a mission together. Yeah? Yep. Uh, they're going to Daxam to get, or not Daxam, Durla, to get um, Chameleon, Boy's, Chameleon powers. Boy's powers back. Yep, which is a cool story. The next issue, uh, issue number 299, uh, is actually a really interesting issue, I thought, because it tied in, it's Invisible Boy, and it tied into that Death of Invisible Kid uh, issue we did where he goes into the Phantom Dimension with the ghost. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a direct sequel to that, isn't it? Like, yeah, in a way, yeah. This this invisible boy, um, I thought it was really interesting how it picks up something I noticed that Giffen and Levitt's do a lot is a cold open, and they do a cold open where he's in that dimension and it goes five minutes ago, wildfire vanished in a glare of a blast fired by Clark, Clark the Conqueror, and it, it kind of goes bang, 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 and it, he's, yeah. he's in this dimension. It's just really interesting the way it's done. Um, yeah, because we don't really get the... I don't think we really got the impression that he would end up here at the in the last issue. No, definitely not. And yeah. so he winds up in this dimension, and he's wandering around, and he gets smacked with this apple core, and then you see this guy in, like, one of those, like, headdresses with, like, these women with him, yeah. and he's, like, lying back, and it's wildfire, and he's just loving... Wildfire's just loving it. <laughs> yeah, so he's ended up in this other dimension, and he's hole again and there's women everywhere <laughs> you, you know you would think he would be kind of more curious about what's going on but going back a page real quick i just yeah. wanted to show you these are the other members of the heroes of lalor right um so life lasts uh evolvo and um gas girl which is kind of a funny name yes it is Very yeah. funny. and then dev m is there he's actually a kryptonian he's not one of the wanderers but the one in like purple or black and uh it so kind of looks like blue. Is, and that, is that on orange. page 63? What's that? Page yeah, page 63. Okay, so who's the girl in the red and black? That one is Life Flash. The other girl is Gas Girl. The one with sort of stuff coming out of her head? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. The heroes of Lalor, yeah. you said, yeah? Yeah, yeah, just someone that you might see going forward. So. And who's the Kryptonian? Which one? The Kryptonian is the second from the right on that top panel. In, in the sort of black with the thing, the yellow thing around his neck. Yeah, so he's a Kryptonian, oh. and I don't really, I haven't really read that story, I don't think, but uh, he uh, got an opportunity to join the Legion, but instead he joined like some kind of like secret service. Mm -hmm. So he's like a spy. And but does he have the powers him? of Superman? Mm hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, indeed. Um, I just love this thing with wildfire. How he's just like, um, and, well, maybe the landscape changes every time I change and wanders. But at least I'm a man here, and yeah, he just loves it, right? Really, frankly, yeah, he's not even really questioning what's going on, and he kind of looks a lot like Sunboy. 
Yes, he does. Yeah, it's kind of odd to see his face and stuff. Um, then we have, uh, we flip the page, we have a fight between this Karlak guy and is that, oh gosh, is that, is it, it's not White, That's Witch. White Witch. It is White Witch. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it is White The Witch is White. I remember your friend yeah, described yeah, it that yeah, way. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, the white. Yeah, which is white. What's the name of like White Witch? Um, yeah, and but it's cool. She changes his thing to flowers, um, and yeah, she just really dominates. Uh, basically, um, yeah, it doesn't even take too much magic to stop you. Only two spells and some careful research, of course. Um, yeah, it's a transmutation and then uh, laws of dissimilarity because she's able to like make all of his tech explode. That's anything organic or inorganic that's touching his body. So. Look at page sixty-eight. Poor old Dawnstar seems to have bruises on her face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she got she got beat up. She's, she's just hammered. <laughs> and then this ship that comes down—it's like a weird perspective where it seems really close, but if it's yes. as close as it looks, then it's really small. Yes. You know, it's like a weird perspective. Or, or or it's enormous. Yeah, it just looks closer, I guess. It does like, look very close, yeah. Yeah, know. it's a weird I mean, not a deal. It is a weird, it's just a, yeah, it's just an odd choice. I think they're trying to make you feel like it's huge. Yeah. Um, but they, It kind of looks, though, like if you put block up against it, that there would maybe fit like yeah, 40 people in it, yeah, like yeah, stacked. Yeah, 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 actually, that's a good point. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's that's yeah. funny actually. And G Satin Girl, I've got to be honest, I'm really disappointed with how her costume's gone back to the old look and that haircut. <laughs> like, but it's like she's back in the fifties with that look. Yeah, uh, it's kind of worse. You know, she's just got like this little weird skirt thing around her waist. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not a fan. But uh, Lightning Lad here is visiting the doctor because his arm was acting up. Mm-hmm. Like one of his arms isn't like his real arm. Yes. I remember um, that. And this guy here is actually Starfinger, mm. who we read about in the wedding of Bouncing Boy and Duo Damsel. Yes. He was a baddie, wasn't yeah. he? He was. Um, he Originally, he kidnapped Lightning Lad like back in the 60s mm. and made Lightning Lad dress up like Starfinger. And so this is him like plotting again against Starfinger. Oh, uh, right. So they, they don't know that he's he's undercover. Yeah, this is one of those C-plot things, but yes. it never really goes anywhere. It mm. kind of just stays a C-plot where <laughs> it's resolved in, like, a page. Paul, Paul Levitz just continued with his... Uh, he didn't follow yeah. his, like, full plan on that one. He, he's like, ah, I'm bored with that one. He's Let's like, some C-plots become D-plots, and then you forget about them. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what happens sometimes, kids. Um, and it's so funny that, like, Invisible Kid then bumps into the original Invisible Kid, which is kind of sad, because he says... Um, I ended up here in the spirit dimension where Milo lived, and it turned out she wasn't real after all, just a mirage like everything else here. And I was like, oh, no. So, like, this ghost wasn't even real, and you didn't really go into heaven or anything. You just went to a fake dimension. Yeah, that is kind of sad. Um, yeah. You know, we thought he had this happy ending, and nope. Yeah. And I, if you recall, I questioned the happy ending. Do you remember that? Yeah. I yeah. did, and I was proved correct. Like, well, yeah. there's more to this than oh, is what okay. is shown here. So, okay, all right. don't pat yourself on the back too quick. I was patting myself on the back pretty hard, actually. Um, <laughs> but it, nonetheless, it's interesting how they extrapolate that old story, put it into it. Kind of, it's it's almost something like Jeff Johns would do, you know? Um, yeah, it's yeah. kind of cool, you know, picking up on these older threads and 
yeah. carrying them forward. In an interesting way as well. That's that's the key to this. Um, but so he's fighting with him. I, I, I thought it was really cool. And then he, Invisible Kid, the original one, regrets it. Um, and basically um, kind of lets them go, really. Yeah, and Invisible Kid too says something like, um, I think perhaps I shall never tell anyone of what I think I just experienced. Either I am quite insane myself or I have witnessed a ghost condemned to hell. Mm, it's dark. It's kind of interesting. Why can't Invisible yeah. Kid, the original one, go back? Um, You mean go back with him? Yeah. Uh, he's not really Invisible Kid. I don't want to spoil oh, it for okay. you, but I guess I will. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, yeah okay. All right. Well, anyway, I, I just thought it was interesting. At least they, they, they give the reader, they set it up their expectations, you know, so I was kind of buying into it. Uh, I kind of thought there might yeah. be more to the story, but there also might not be. You know what I mean? Like they could leave it an open ending kind of thing. Well, yeah, the the original Invisible Kid does kind of get brought back later in the volume okay. uh, by accident. Okay. But then it kind of turns out that this is like some kind of like uh, dream demon or something that's summoned him. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. Okay. And then we might have been more interesting if it was him, right? But yeah. Yeah, I think go so. That way. Yeah. Um, I, I, I thought it, I, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Sometimes they're afraid to give sad endings to characters. You know what I mean? Like in comics, mm-hmm. they just yeah. af- they're sort of afraid to give them that final sad end. Um, you know, they like to do happy ever after, even though everything that's happened before that is the exact opposite. Um, yeah, you know, who knows? In this day and age, maybe they got a bunch of letters after this issue, and people are like, "We hate this." Yes. So they changed course. And he deliberately leaves it open enough that he could do either option. You know, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. You know, it's 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 interesting, um, and then it goes to Queen Projector. She's no longer just Princess Projector, correct? Yes, and she rules like a medieval world, doesn't she? Yeah, it's uh, like castles and stuff, and that's where Invisible Kid Two and Wildfire. There's that little floating energy beside him. Mm. Uh, they that's where they reappear, and she takes it for these uh, advisors. She's like, "Well, this is a sign that I'm supposed to marry yes. Karate Kid." Yeah. And they're like, it is, Majesty, a very convenient sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, because she's going to marry Val, who's Karate Kid, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Um, we have then fight scenes. Really, really nice artwork, can I say that? Like, beautiful artwork, really, actually. And I think the what I'm reading on my iPad, it's just crystal clear as well. I don't know what your pages are like. Have you got the original comics or have you got the trade? Um, yeah, I've got the digital trade. Yeah. Beautiful, isn't so, yeah, it? It does look really great. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, I really, I wasn't as big on Giffen's art as a kid, where right. I preferred like uh, George Perez or something. Yeah, but uh, Giffen's really grown on me. Mm. Uh, his faces aren't like as nice as George Perez, I think. Mm. But I think he, uh, I don't know. I just like his storytelling better. Yeah, he's he's got good storytelling. There are some issues where I'm not as big a fan. I think he gets a bit sketchy at times. Um, yeah, he's about to change his style pretty drastically in mm. about. I think like 308 or 309. Mm-hmm. Um, Giffen's actually, through his career, drawn like, I would say at least six, maybe seven different styles. It's pretty interesting. Specifically on the Legion, where they look quite drastically you, different. You know, he won't do podcasts, Keith Giffen, apparently. He won't even do Word Balloon. He's, ve- he's very sort of, um, rec- I don't know, maybe not reclusive, but he just doesn't do interviews like that. Yeah, it's a shame because he's a... You know, one of my favorite creators. I'd like to Fantastic. hear more from him. Maybe, maybe Legion Outpost to get him. Maybe we'll flip him. You know? <laughs> I'd be afraid to try, honestly. I'm not gonna. I'm not afraid. Afraid of what? 
Like what? Him saying I've no? heard him described as uh, lovingly curmudgeonly. Fine, the, you know, but like <laughs> at worst, you ask someone like that, they say no. Uh, yeah, you, you know, it's really not the end of the world. Like you, you, you know what I mean. Like we can live without Kit Kithen, you know, frankly. Um, I mean, maybe you can. I can easily live without him. Like, but I, I like it. Don't get me wrong. It's one of those things. Like, don't meet your heroes. Maybe sure. You know. Well, he's Where, not even a hero. You know, to me. Right now, you know, I've never met him. So, but if I asked him to be on a podcast and he like screamed at me, he'd be like, "Oh, like, well, right, well, don't come on." <laughs> Which I don't think he would. But, I don't know. think he would. I think he'd just say, "No, I don't do podcasts." You know. Probably. Okay, that's all right. We've got some big guests who are going to be coming up on Signal. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Some, I'll give you some clues. Famous creator who created a legendary black character coming up on Signal. Yeah, that's big. It's big, man. It's real fucking big. And this guy's making some big fucking waves too. So he's he's making some fucking moves. He's one of these guys who cuts like a fucking hammer, you know? And I like those kind of guys, man. Cuts like a hammer. Does that make a lot of sense? Haven't you heard that? That's from Paul Anka. When I move, I cut like a fucking hammer. That's what he said. Who? Paul Anka? Paul Anka was a singer, the guy who wrote My Way for Sinatra. Oh, okay. And yeah, he, no. he had a he had a singing career. There's this really funny clip where he's lecturing his band uh, after a bad show, and he's and he's saying he, it's it's hilarious. You should check it out on YouTube. And he's like, when I move, I move like a fucking hammer. And they take they take that dialogue and put it in Ocean Thirteen, and Al Pacino's character says it. Huh. When okay. I move, I move oh like, yeah, I never. Yeah. I do remember that. Um, yeah. I cut like a him fucking saying hammer. that, and I always yeah. felt like it was a reference to something I didn't understand. Yeah, it's just, a, it's just, a, it's. You should listen to the Paul Anker thing. It's hilarious. I will. And um, he's just, he's just eating out his band like you wouldn't believe. Like he's so pissed off. He comes, he comes across like a little fucking Napoleon, you know? Like the Christian Bale uh, Terminator yeah. rant. It's very similar. It's more pathetic, <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's sort of the same thing. It's, it's hilarious. Mm. That, that's awesome. Where Christian Bale's going off with that guy. Um, I do enjoy it. He yeah. got it into, into his shot or whatever happened. Whatever the guy did, it's so fucking funny. Um, yeah. I love stuff like that, you know. And people are pillarizing Christian Bale. It's like, oh, calm down. He's a precious actor. Like, we all know, he, you know what I mean? He was taking acting, like, super seriously. Um, yeah, he's doing the whole Daniel Day-Lewis thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and, and people love him for that. So when he over-fucking-reacts on a fucking dime, like, calm down, you know? Like... One more fucking precious Hollywood star. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So we <laughs> we get to the end of this issue, and Shadowlass really radically changes up a look. Wow, wait, is she with Monel? Are they a couple, or is she just constantly trying to lead him on? They're a couple, yeah. All oh, right, because but it's a weird relationship where she seems she seems to be a lot more into it. Yeah, I would say that in this issue, definitely. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just... But yeah, they're, they're another one of those that are kind of like a long-standing yeah. couple. But, well, she even says at the wedding, like, maybe one day you and me or something, you know. But I never got yeah. the impression he was reciprocating fully back. Yeah, I could see that in this in this issue. Yeah, okay. But We um, should also mention yeah. that Dream Girl comes in with the Legion Cruisers and saves the day there yes. against the, the Coons. Good work, Dream Girl. And she gets a bit of flack for being leader from one of them. Um, who is the guy? Is it Sunboy? Who who just one of them, or is it Ultra Boy? One of them really can't fucking stand that she's leader. Well, later on, yeah, Element Lad was supposed to be her deputy leader, and he resigned. And then Ultra Boy is his new, her new uh, deputy leader, and he also resigns. Right. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. But it's interesting. Uh, and what did you think of the redesign of Shadowlass's costume to this kind of more dominatrix uh, style almost, you know? Yeah, it, it's okay. It kind of goes back to her old Silver Age costume. Right. Except for, like, the hood. Um, so what they're doing here is issue 300, which we're about to do. Yes. Um, it kind of addresses how, at this time, uh, I think this was still, like, the early 80s, right? Yeah. There, back in the 60s, there were stories that were tales of the adult legion. Mm-hmm. And what they were trying to do with issue 300 was say, these things that happen in the adult legion stories are just like a different universe or something. Yes. Yes. And we're not necessarily going to stick to that. So the end of 299 here, they're teasing mm. that um, because they're on this thing called the science asteroid and... Shadowlass is wearing that costume, so the tease is Shadowlass is going to die. Mm, I see. You have to be like a, a big fan to really get that reference. Because she died in the Adult Legion version, is that right? Well, yeah, in the Adult Legion, uh, it might have, yeah, it might have been her first appearance. She appears as a statue in um, like the Legion halls. And oh, she's I see. Dead. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's clever. That again, very clever from Levitz and Geffen. You know. Like, yeah, I mean, it was pretty cool. Uh, and that's kind of what issue 300 establishes. Cheapest hmm. creepers. Like, I imagine picking this up on... I can understand why this would have had such a high readership at the time. Like, it, I, I know the Legion fan base is famous for really being one of the very first really active fan bases that kept a title alive kind of thing. The, and yeah, I, and I, I think what was cool why. is I felt like the creators were listening yes. and... Yes. Maybe involved where they were. Um, well, Levitt started as a Legion fan. About. Legions, Levitt started running like a Legion fanzine or something. So he came from that culture, mm-hmm. you know, which is it's interesting. Cool. Yeah, I think it's very interesting. And, you know, I mean, and then just knocked it out of the fucking park. So, you know, it's like, yeah. wow, we. Now, then we have doing. the big issue 300. Really love this issue. And can I say, love that anniversary gold that DC issues had in anniversaries? Yeah, I used to always try to pick all those up because yeah. I liked that that header, and it always yeah. seemed like you know you're going to get a good uh, exercised issue whenever you Here's saw a clue. one. Bring it back, DC. You know, yeah, bring it back. Like I don't know why they they try to get away from the classics. Sometimes you know what people want the classics. You know, yeah. sometimes, sometimes. Some um, a lot something of that's cool time. is uh, the cover here. You know, it has most of the legionnaires. There's some that are missing, like yeah. the dead ones or the ones that are. Um, like lightning glass isn't on there. Yeah, um, it's cool to see what's Supergirl cool and Superboy. That, what's and that? The Supergirl on the left, the Superboy on the right. Yeah, you know they're there, which is great. Um, but also, all the different characters here were actually drawn by a different artist. Really, and they had something in the letter column. I think it was like a contest. You know, whoever can name all the uh, the artists well, won like a prize. Gee, Dawnstar looks nice up there, leaning on. Um... Yeah, she awesome does. Boy. She looks very juicy. And uh, you, Timberwolf's just there with his massively chest-bearing um, thing. Yeah. Dream Girl's uh, there. Dream Girl of, looks nice, away. yeah. She looks lovely. Um, yeah, it's just a good picture all around. Saturn, see, Saturn Girl there looks better. Um, mm-hmm. it just, the, just the artwork looks better on her, like the face. I, I, I think the other way that she was being drawn, she almost looked a bit shrewish. Is that Night Girl over there on the left middle in sort of like the boob? Left boob middle. window going on and spots. She's below um, somebody th- with the white hair. No, 
Um, so above Ultra Boy. Above Ultra Boy, that's Phantom Girl. Phantom Girl. I guys, I get them all confused. Phantom Girl. <laughs> yeah, Night Girl. You won't see as much since she's not actually a member. Right. At so this that's time. Phantom Girl who can walk through walls and stuff. Yeah, like Shadow Cat. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, those three I could see you getting Phantom Girl, Shadowlass, and Night Girl seem to be three that give you trouble, which I get. Yeah. Um, Night Girl doesn't okay. join until um, the the John stuff that you read. And that that's White Witch below Invisible Kid 2? Yep. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who's that uh, to the right of White Witch in sort of just the brown costume? That's Karate Kid's like classic costume. Oh, for Karate Kid. Okay. That. And who's that to the right of Karate Kid? That's Princess Projectra. She's not really oh. wearing something that she yeah. normally yeah, wore. Okay. Yeah, why wouldn't you put her in a classic costume so people would actually fucking know who that is? Like, you know, I don't know. It might be a coloring error because it kind of looks like her old costume, but I don't <laughs> Bouncy know. Bouncy Boy looks cool with Duo Damsel just there on top of him. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's just... cool. I like the way they're a couple. It's They're, yeah. they're cute. I, I think he's funny. I think, I think Bouncy Boy is kind of fun. And you see yeah, Proto like, Two's taking the picture. Yeah, Proto Two. Yeah. Yeah. And they kind of mention that in the yeah, issue a little bit. They do. He has the shits badly. Good cover. Can I say that? Really good cover, and I'm glad we spent the time looking at it because I really appreciate the cover for what it is when I when I really go through it. Um, yeah, it is cool. And it took me years to realize that they're different artists. I mean, I always thought Ultra Boy looked a little weird there because he's yeah. a little small. Yeah. But yeah, it took me a while to really understand that. But yeah, good cover. Good cover. Um, and, and one of the few, you know, maybe one of the earliest that tried to highlight all the different legionnaires. You know, yes. I can't think of too many others. Yeah. Um, it's a shame that Crypto wasn't here as well, you know? Yeah, Super it Boy. is too bad. Superboy should have brought Crypto a bit more. He would have enjoyed a little bit, a bit of a run out, you know, with all the legionnaires and stuff. Um, yeah. Did you notice, too, on the, um, on the first page with Superboy turning up, um, you see the editor. It was actually Karen Berger before she launched Vertigo. Yeah, uh, you know, I think that's part of the, uh, you know, as a Legion fan, I'm kind of proud to have had Karen Berger involved. Definitely. It adds a little bit of pedigree, I guess, to the team. Definitely. I mean, everything she touched really at DC, you know, she was plenty of gold in those hills. Yeah, Um, Yeah, So basically Superboy's turning up. uh, What's he turning up for? Uh, is, Is it... What is he turning up for? Is it is it a, is it an anniversary? Or <laughs> I what? thought the same thing. Yeah, I think it's basically an anniversary. I think essentially this cover is supposed to be the picture that they gather for. Right. Because later on, you know, she says something to Prody, and he's talking about how he has a profession now. Yeah, Prody's got a lot of attitude, actually. Yeah, but they never really s- describe very well like why they're getting together. We just get no. the idea it's a big day for them. It's a big day. It's like X many years. Maybe it's it's the anniversary since the founding kind of thing, you know? Yeah, probably. Of the, of but the yeah, incident. Um, um, and then see... Supergirl turns up? Yep, Supergirl comes up. She spins in from the future. She's wearing that costume, that uh, the V-neck. I like it. I like it. I've kind of grown on me. Yeah, at, at first I, I didn't like it, but then I grew to like it. Um, yeah, no, it's it, it's good stuff. Um yeah, no, I um, yeah, I, I think it looks good, and she's she's a fun character. Yeah, and we see Invisible Kid comes in, and he they're like, "What is that thing following you?" And uh, he says that it's Wildfire, <laughs> and she didn't recognize him. Yeah, but well, he normally is invisible. That energy that's floating around, right? Okay. But this has been dyed so they could see him. Well, do you remember back in the day 
when um, I'm sure you do remember Adam, like when um, he exploded or whatever originally before he even had the name Wildfire, and he was like sneaking mm-hmm. around the base as that energy. Remember? Yeah, and they couldn't see him, and he was trying to get their attention. Yeah, it was kind of cool. He was called like Energy or something. Like, yeah, yeah, it was kind of funny. Uh, Erg one, Erg one. Yeah, that's right. Um, it was a lot better that he got called Wildfire. I think I, yeah. he's honestly one of my favorite in the Legion. Like, he's in my top five. You know? Yeah, uh, I think uh, probably mine as well. Yeah, no, he, close he's at least. Fun. It's hard when there's different eras. It's like, yes. well, in this era, I like this one, this one, and this one. But yes. in the, this era, I like this guy and this guy and this guy. Who's one outside of Cosmic Boy, who I know is your favorite, uh, or one of your favorites? Who else in every sort of iteration do you always go to? Hmm. Let me look back at this picture of all of them. I guess Ultra Boy is one that's usually pretty cool, even though he can be kind of a douche. Yeah. Um, Chameleon Boy is usually pretty solid. Brainiac 5. I was going to say Brainiac um, 5. For me, he was a big part of what got me into Legion. You know? Yeah, yeah. He's cool. Yeah. And he's one that I feel like um, if you have like a main character when it's just the Legion and no Superboy, I feel like Brainiac 5 is usually a good person to focus on. And they do that too. They've done that especially in like in sort of the more 2000 era stuff. There was a lot of Brainiac 5. Yeah. Um, when Paul Levitz comes back and like... Uh, for his final run, he definitely focuses on Brainiac a lot. Was that the New 52 run? Just prior to the New 52, and then, yeah, continued in the New 52. You weren't a fan of that era, though, were you? I don't know. There's parts of it that I like, but overall, there's probably a dozen really, like, worthwhile issues. Right. Yeah. Oh, well. It can't all be gold. Um, yeah, there might be some things we could sample in there someday that I think you might enjoy. Sure. I love yeah this thing they go go to because Brainiac 5 is trying to cure and you're kind of left wondering who it is um, and what he's doing, but he's trying to cure someone, isn't he? Yeah. and He's I, at the Time Institute and I like uh, these Encyclopedia Galactica little yes, captions where they yes. tell you a little bit more about the universe. I love it. It's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and you know what? I, I, I would like to see something as simple as that now where... It just gives you the text narration up the top, and you're like, sweet, I've got that information, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's always like, he usually comes up with something new to put there, where there's just a little bit extra of some kind of interesting fact. Yep. Um, and this guy here, uh, well, the one guy is Circadia Sinius. He's like in charge of the Time Institute. Mm-hmm. But the other guy, his, he's Ron Vidar, who you should be f- somewhat familiar with from uh, that Green Lantern that got killed in the Jeff Johns Legion of Three Worlds. Oh, Jesus, I don't remember. Is this the okay. insecty thing we're looking at? What's that? The insecty thing? Uh, no, the other guy. The other guy, he, he eventually kind of becomes a, a member of the... He's a reserve or like an honorary member of the Legion, but later on he gets a Green Lantern ring and oh, his dad yeah. is universal. I remember and... him. Yeah, I remember yeah. him from, from from Legion of Three Worlds, the Final Crisis one we did, yeah? Yep, yep that's the same guy. Oh, uh, is that the one where um, there's all the rings and all that? Yeah, but he's the one that gets killed at the beginning, and then all the rings fly off, and then Sotomayat is the one that has like yes. the mohawk. Yes, no, yeah. I remember that. That was good. That was a good yeah. scene. Yeah. Well done, Jeff Johns. Deep fucking cut. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Do you reckon Jeff Johns would just... I mean, this is what I'd do if I was him. Read some of these old issues that are like 40 years old and just take some notes and go to a who's who and then build a story around, you know, using those characters. 
For sure, and like if it's something that you're a fan of, you know, at that point it's kind of like just do some, you know. People always criticize things for being fan fiction, but I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I like I like people that build on fan ideas and. Um, yeah, that's kind of what the Legion it's was. It's an easy thing to criticize when it doesn't work, you know. But sure. What's the sure. other? What's the fucking alternative? You create Naomi, and yeah, it's yeah. fucking terrible. And it's like, oh, but it was all original. <laughs> yeah, so what? It still sucked, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You, you can go one or two ways, or or you go back and you go back and you find a character with the similar qualities to Naomi, and then you write it and it still sucks. And then people say it's fan fiction. Well, really, <laughs> it just sucks because it's a bad story, you know. And it's yeah, I haven't executed. read much of that, but yeah. Well, I, I read that. I read very little, but we did do a couple of issues and they sucked. And that's the review, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Sorry, Bendis, but it sucked. I know CW. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine it's about on par with the other stuff that he's been doing lately, which, in hindsight, I haven't really loved. So, (laughs) it's a swing and a fucking miss, you know. (laughs) But hey, guess what? The check's clearing. So, yeah, I don't think that's true. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what you don't think when you read the issues. Gee, this could sustain a whole series. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I know she joined the Young Justice team, um, but yeah, I wasn't that interested in her. I, I actually didn't even know what she was about. I thought she was from, like, uh, Ran with Adam Strange or something, but I guess I was wrong. To be honest, I, I don't even remember reading it. I had to read the Wikipedia to even under- remember what it was, but I just remember I hated it with passion. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, enough about it. People that. like the art there. Uh, I forget that guy's name, but Jamal Campbell, maybe. Okay. Well, but, that's not yeah. going to help on the TV. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um... But yeah, what you were saying earlier is they have a patient there, and you kind of get a hint of who he is. Did you um, know who he was? Because I, I didn't know who he was at all until the end. I did, but I mean, I've read it before, so I can't really say, you know, I, yeah, I can't really speak to whether or not I, I guess that I knew immediately. Mm. It was interesting yeah. though. I, I love this framing technique for the story, and the way they go back to different eras, and they have like Superboy back in Smallville with Lex Luthor. It's awesome. Yeah, and I, I don't really story. know the significance of these little dreams that they're going to, aside from they're visiting all the different eras of the Legion with like different creators from the time. It's cool. But the dreams themselves just seem to be like little what if stories, like you yes. know, Marvel's what if. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking for some kind of like deeper meaning, but I don't think there really is anything other than like I said, them trying to show that these um, In one of them, in one of them he has a close connection and feel some peace with it because it relates yeah. to him. <clears throat> but that's the only one that really relates to him. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, in his case, it was all kind of focused on what happened with Pharaoh Lad and the story, it seemed like. Exactly. Um, I do like Lex Luthor and Superboy. Um, always fun. Uh, Pete yeah, Ross. I think there's uh, Kurt Schaffenberger, mm-hmm. who's a classic Superboy artist. For sure. And it's Lexi Baby back in Smallville where he's like threatening to go to Metropolis and make his gang there. I love it. I love the way they're yeah, squaring and these off so much. Yeah, these are like the earliest members here that they're showing. Um, you know, Colossal Boy, Invisible Kid are kind of like the first ones to join or some of the first ones to join. It's pretty awesome. And poor old Lexi, he thinks he's got Superman where he wants him or Superboy and then the Legion turns up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Pete and Lana being there, they were kind of big fixtures of the uh, Silver Age stuff at times. And Pete Ross was an honorary member because uh, he didn't reveal Superboy's identity when he discovered it by accident during a camping trip. Yep, because he ain't no rat. Exactly. Good. Well done, Pete Ross. 
You know, you stuck <laughs> yeah. to your guns. I believe in the modern DC, it got a bit dark with him and Lana got married and got divorced and all sorts of things. Yeah, he was president for a while too after Lex got kicked out. Really? President? Yeah, he was his vice president. And um... <laughs> Really? I think so. I haven't read a lot That's of that. That's funny. But, yeah. That does ring a distant bell, but like, but I believe he was disgraced or something as well. Well, something Not happened. sure. Maybe. Uh, there was an affair or something. There was something that besmirched his character. Oh, okay. That's not yeah. cool. Uh, well, I mean, slow down, Adam. Come on. Let's not get too judgmental. I mean, it's Lana Lang. Come on. Yeah, but Lana Lang can be a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, Are you I kidding? Was, there was something I was going to send you the other day. I was looking through <laughs> one of those Silver Age stories, and there's something about her revealing Clark is Superboy, and her dad comes in and is like, what's so funny, Lana? And she's like, Ha, I tricked Clark into revealing he's Superboy. And he's basically like, you stupid bitch. And he takes a brush and he's like, I'm going to spank you. And he's like, oh, wait, I realize now that you are too old for me to spank you. So instead, you're grounded. <laughs> Is that a real thing in the comic? I mean, he doesn't call her a stupid bitch. But yeah, the yeah. rest of the thing about like, it. I'm going to spank you. And then he's like, wait, you're too old for this. Mm. Or are I'll you? Have to <laughs> I'm, I'm like, oh, send me this comic. This sounds good. Will, um, but, but I'm sure it was back in the hilarious day because... Don't forget, yeah. like back in the day, like Lois Lane too, they played as a complete shrew a lot of the time and would yeah. have like the pranks between her and Superman and Clark were quite vicious, you know, on both sides. Yeah, um, I mean, Superman was just as bad. And yeah. also remember the time in that um, Carrie Bates story yeah. where he <laughs> Gets the apple? knocks her out with an apple. Yeah, <laughs> That was funny. <laughs> but Lana in general is a bit more bitchy in the comics, I think, in general. Like she's often quite sort of... Bitchy, yeah, you know. when they're kids, usually. Yeah. yeah, 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 not as adults. But, like, as kids back in the day, like, she was always, like, to Clark, like, fucking, like, you know, tearing him a new one half the time kind of thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty funny. I mean, but, like, I, don't, I, you know, I guess it's kind of part of the charm of the comics, though. But, again, we see Superboy do one of my favorite things, which is just flying through time. I love it. Yeah. yeah, I like the tunnel and it has the years. It's cool. It's cool artwork as well. And he goes back to the original um, Brainiac Five Notes. They're starting to see the original clubhouse, which is just like the rocket. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, it really is kind of like, can I be honest? I, I'm, I'd love to hear from Legionnaires out there. Part of the appeal when you go back to the basics is there's this really 1950s kitsch value to it all. That they then massively remodify with, you know, Levitz and all that and Kerry Bates, all these people in the 70s and 80s. But when you dial it back to the heart of it, this cool kind of 50s version of the future, it is it is kind of fun, you know, and you do think, oh, you know, I can really see the innocence of where this was created kind of thing. Yeah, it's fun to look at. The costumes are fun yeah. uh, and just kind of simple and, you know, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I just think I, it's not that they didn't build on it and remodify it and, and make it all cooler and sleeker and more intricate, but as a concept in itself, I think it works. And I and I actually think the origin is pretty cool itself too, because I I think it's a kind of almost like a cold open. It opens with an assassination attempt, the forming of it, you know, blah blah blah. Like it's got a cool backstory to it. And I, I think yeah, the origin actually didn't come around until like the seventies, though. That just oh, really? a quick side note. Yeah, didn't they that. didn't actually tell that story for years. Because when they good point, when they invite Superman, Superboy in, they're already formed, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So we never got the story for like I don't know. It was probably seventies. Wow. 
And you imagine Legion fans would have been clamoring for that for years. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, it's cool that they did that. And it's kind of become, you know, for the Legion, it's really become kind of like an iconic yeah. origin for them. I think so. Uh, it, it was interesting what you were saying about establishing the look. Um, yeah, this kind of Silver Age look is really what they went th- with all the way through until Carrie Bates came on. Yes where he started redesigning what the future looked like and the costumes, and Mike Grell continued it. Mm. And now that, uh, that Keith Giffen comes on, he's really doing the same thing. Like We're actually witnessing it mm. as we're reading this, of the future being kind of updated. And I love where- that. I love that. Don't, don't get the impression I want it to go back to how it was in the 50s. I just like how it started, but then I like the modifications oh, yeah. too. I, think, I thought that Kerry Bates stuff we did was extremely good. Remember how much I enjoyed it? Um, yeah. and I and I thought it was really good and light and flowed well and I think Levitz and Giffen really pack a punch too. It's I think Legion is lucky that it seems to have had a lot of good creators as well. You know, for sure, who, who seem to have given a shit kind of thing. You know, like yeah. like Keith Given and Paul Levitz seem to be giving a lot of the, their talent to this book. You know, I think. Yeah, um, Keith Giffen is kind of the type that. Uh, from what I've heard, is kind of like dismissive of his past work. Right. Sometimes. Okay. Like doesn't like to talk a lot about it, but you know, I it's think so, at the time artist, he really though. was, some, some you know, firing all cylinders. Yeah, it's like Orson Welles at the end was embarrassed to talk about his old movies. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. But because, but guys like him, like you got to be honest, like a they're professionals and pros looking for the next job and the next payday, but mm-hmm. they're they're in a constant. Someone like him, he's growing a lot as an artist. So when you've grown a lot and you're like two or three changes down the line and someone wants to ask you about what you were doing in 1979 or 1980, you're kind of like, yeah. well, it's so long ago, it's like a different person. It's it's almost embarrassing for them, you know? Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. that's definitely a good point. I just think it's a, it's a it's a common artistic kind of creative thing, you know, because they've consciously changed their style so many times that it's almost like a chameleon, you know? And mm-hmm. and people want to talk about 981. He's like, well, look at what I've done in like 2020 or 2019, and this. Why aren't you paying any attention to this? You know, look look at this kind of shit I'm pumping out now. You know? Yeah, it's like you don't really get to choose what people um, end yeah, up remembering you by. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and some sometimes that they're almost a bit they're almost a bit um, trapped by their own success. But you know, I mean, other other guys are completely the opposite. It's it's all different types. I'm just saying it's a common yeah. artistic kind of trait what he what, what he seems to go through, you know. Yeah, I agree. You know, mind you, I'll talk about the more books one, two, or three. <laughs> Doesn't worry me. Or the signal, right? Or the signal. It's all up for sale. You know, the, if they're they, the, they're finished circling Bob Dylan, maybe it's time to look at D Finn, and we can start <laughs> talking deals. You know. Yeah, I think it's past time. Yeah, but get get the morning some um get the morning some you know breakfast cereals that kind of thing. That's what I'm thinking. Movie Get, deals, movie yeah. deals. I want. I, I mentioned the merchandising too. Adam action figures, the the bedspreads, all that kind pajamas, of stuff. Pajamas, yeah. pajamas, everything. Nothing. It's all up for sale, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the sound of two hundred million. You know. It, yeah, I bet. US. I bet you. Uh, I bet you could sell for less than two hundred, though. You know, yeah, if they really talk you down. I could be talked down, but like, we've got to open negotiations. That's the thing. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Oh, yeah, significance here, I guess, is Superboy... This is showing Superboy quitting the Legion because his parents died and he needs to go off and be more responsible and spend more time in his own time. And I stupidly read this thinking this really happened and was like, oh, my God, is this why Superboy yeah. left? 
I was like, oh my yeah, god. Yeah, that was funny. I kind of <laughs> did the same. Yeah, but also, like... this is again them treating uh, time as a place instead of time as a time. Yes. So if he leaves his time, he could go back to his time at the same time he left his time. Yeah, but whatever. That's a good point. I, I thought that too. But I guess what they're saying is like, he's like, I've got to devote myself 100% to, um, you know, to like the present. And so yeah. if he goes away to the Legion and spends like five weeks there, he's he's been five. Has he been five weeks away in the present? That's, well, yeah, know. sometimes the way it works is that like however long he spends in the Legion's time, he's away yes. in present time. I don't I really bet know you why. Other times it's not. I bet you there's stories of Superboy where he's had some hijinks going on at home, gone and done Legion business, and then he comes back in time, you know, for Lana Lang to be at the front door when she was at the back door at the start of the episode. Do you know what I mean? It's something like that. Yeah, or remember that time he flew back in time yes. to do his homework assignment. Yeah, I, and... I remember it very well. It was great. <laughs> and then he like, well, I'm going to fly forward five months to when I know that this <laughs> will resolve itself. <laughs> yeah. um, and then he flies back to the present. So it's like, it seems like he can fly to any point in time he well, wants. One of the most what... egregious pieces of padding in a comic that I've seen. It was like, Also it was... that he could yeah. not get 10 out of 10 on his homework because he didn't want to seem yeah. too... He didn't exact. want to stand out. It's so stupid. But <laughs> but he also wanted the exact details. It was yeah, like exactly. it was like you would only go to that much effort if you did want to get 10 out of 10. Yeah, and then he only got a 9 out of 10 because <laughs> the exact details were too ridiculous yeah. to be given a 10 out of 10. So whatever. It, it, was, it was just I, weird. It was just like they needed three pages and someone had that in their back pocket, you know? Oh yeah, because that was the middle of that Monel story. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was so bizarre. It was funny though. I I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it was... I I enjoyed it for its harmless kind of like you know fun. Yeah. Um. And, but yeah, he's talking to Sandingal, who I do like here. And yeah, I read this as as like, oh, this really happened. But then you find out that it's an alternate history, and that Superboy never said that. And I was yeah. like, okay, because was that in the original adult thing? Did that actually? Whatever issue where they did the Adult Legion, did that actually get shown, or was this written in now? Uh, just this is just written in now. Okay. Um, the adult stuff, uh, yeah, nothing really too consequential. Other just seeing where seeing certain ones got married, certain ones died, okay. certain ones went into politics. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so that that was that one. Then we go to the next one, which is. Um, Really, kind of a dark one, frankly. Uh huh. Yeah, this one's art by Howard Bender, mm. and this is more um, like uh, if the first one was like early Adventure Comics Legion, this is more like probably the Jim Shooter, yep. closer to the Jim Shooter era. Yep. Um, but yeah, we open and we find out that Cosmic Boy, Monel, Lightning Lad, Shrinking Violet, Invisible Kid, Element Lad, Brainiac oh. Five were all killed by oh. Computo. Yes. And now then the subs are being admitted into the Legion uh, to take their place. Yeah, it's pretty dark. And Saturn Girl leads them off. Um, that's the Spirit Legionnaires will free Earth or die trying. Um, mm -hmm. It's pretty interesting. And Computo, who is Brainiac 5's invention, isn't he? Doesn't he say somewhere here? Yeah. Uh -huh. um, yeah, and so they go and fight the Legion. Not the Legion. It's like Saturn, Queen, Cosmic King. Is it? What do they call themselves? The Legion of Supervillains. Right, yes, and, and they are yeah. quite evil. And you can tell that guy's evil because he's got the David Niven mustache. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which is always a good sign they're evil. I've actually <laughs> thought about growing that mustache myself. I reckon it'll look cool. 
Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. And that's the same guy that shows up later. This is yes. Lightning Lord. Lightning Lord, it's, yeah. Uh, so what's interesting about these these are supervillains is they were normally shown as adults. Right. So like um, a lot of the stories we saw them that was like from the Legion's future. These will be their villains, but they never really fought. Um, you know, we never really saw them in the present day too much. Oh, really? Yeah, because really he'd only be like. Here he looks like he's like an older guy, yeah, but really in the Legion's time they would be about the same age. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, well that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I was gonna, because... Though his hair actually got I know somebody'll I'm gonna say this because I know somebody will probably correct us, but mm. his hair actually gets turned white whenever he's fighting against uh, Lightning Lad and oh. he like goes into shock and his hair turns white. But really? at this time it seems like these are older villains from the Legion's future. And that's I like how they the way you're covering bases there, you're a you, you yeah. know the Legionnaires are sitting there with, like, their pencils <laughs> ready to go. Um, our old friend who picked us up on, remember, the index, indexes. Um, yeah, the in, 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 I think he said Indicia. Indicia. He'll be, he'll be waiting at home very closely listening. <laughs> and a shout-out hey, It's well. appreciated to learn new things. Yeah. Uh, I think his name was Alan? Michael. Alan? Alan, Alan Williams. I think. Alan Williams. See, I got it first time, and I don't forget yeah. Um, Sorry, Alan. I I do forget often, so it was a bit of a lucky lucky guess yeah. there. But um, yeah, good stuff. Computer bit lane, can I say in design? Uh, yeah. Um, that might be a story we want to visit sometime. It was a pretty good so, two parter. Uh, he uh becomes more significant later. Mm. Uh, he actually is the one that's possessing Invisible Kid 2's sister, oh. Oh. or did possess her, and. He eventually becomes like the AI around. He's like the Jarvis to the Legion. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I thought I thought of his name kind of more as a Jarvis AI kind of thing at some point. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, that that happens later in this book. Have they ever had a a Legion a superhero story where Brainiac from Superman's Brainiac goes to against the Legion, like or fights Brainiac Five or something? Hmm. That would be interesting. Uh, in the early Silver Age stuff, usually these Legion of Supervillains here would team up with Lex Luthor and Brainiac. Oh, okay. And then also, later on, there's a character called Pulsar Stargrave, who they kind of hint is Brainiac, but then it's also kind of later established that it's not Brainiac. Oh. But, yeah, there's probably other things that I'm forgetting about. Oh, also, in the Jeff John stuff, they do the new Krypton stuff. Right. Um, and Brainiac is the villain there, and the Legion team up with him and help him defeat them. But you know that's you know kind of recent. Yes. Okay. All Anyhow. right. So, so okay. Yeah. Interesting. So then we go to the next version, and we we see um how how funny is um is it Shadowlass, and she's like, isn't it too much, Monel? And he's like, Shady, you're nuts. If you think white makeup and calling yourself Shadow Woman will make you any more attractive to me, you deserve to be as dizzy as you sound. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of harsh. And then he just blows. And she gets all wrapped up. Yeah, she gets wrapped oh, up. Oh, I guess we should mention in that previous one, Computo killed like a bunch of the Legionnaires and yes. kills the other Triplicate Girl bodies. Mm, yeah, it was kind of harsh. Yeah. yeah, and that is how Triplicate Girl's first body died was in the computer's, Computo story. Jesus. That would have been a yeah. tough moment to read, wouldn't it? Yeah, it was done just like that too where he like grabbed her and then – they say something like that, and then he uh, disintegrates her. Back in the fifties, yeah, sixties, yeah, sixties. Like that's a lot for a kid to take in, isn't it? Yeah, at the time though, it was kind of treated like, 
oh, it's fine. Like, I have two more of me, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, 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 I'm yeah. still alive. Yeah. But yeah. It, later on, it's kind of like she's pretty fucked up because of it. Yeah, it, it, it's grist for the mill of a storyteller, the bit of the post-traumatic stress, you know? Yeah. Tom mm-hmm. King would love it. Tom King would love it. Yeah, he'd be fucking all <laughs> over it. I said the same thing. Yeah, Tom he'd, King would love it. He'd be all over it. Like, he, I'm surprised he hasn't done a mini series about it. Um, <laughs> I would read that, actually. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'd read an issue. Um, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, it's good stuff. And then the next one we get to is the Fatal Five. I, I never remember their names, but I know the designs, the guy with the axe, there's the dumb one with the brain showing. Persuader, Valis, Emerald Empress, Mono. Uh, Therok. All right, Emerald Empress makes an appearance later on in the in these stories as well. Um, yeah. A, again, so what what is the thing here that they're sort of um, uh, it, it's like another version of a previous story, yeah. Um, this one kind of looks the and this is Kurt Swan art. Uh-huh. I guess this would probably be closest to what you would think of as a uh, the Adult Legion. Yes. Uh, stories from the Silver Age because you have like Timberwolf there with a mustache. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think Karate Kid ever appeared in that uniform in the adult stories, but right. um, yeah, this is kind of what it looked like more because it was Kurt Swan. But yeah, they take down the Legion or the the Fatal Five, and then on page one hundred six where you see those that hall of like all the dead people. Yes. Um, these aren't the exact ones that they revealed were dead back then, but uh-huh. basically it's the same idea of. You know, oh, look, all these legionnaires have died. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. And you see, yeah, you see Shadow Woman, you see Cosmic Boy, Saturn Girl. Who's the guy in the in the yellow and green? That's Matter Eater Lad, another one of my yeah. favorites. Yeah, you love Matter Eater Lad, don't you? We, we, all, we, we all know you got the commission. Where is that yeah. commission? Is that on a wall or is that on a filing cabinet? What's happening? Yeah, it's on the wall. I've actually got two Matter Eater Lads. Okay. How's the Dream Girl commission going? Have you, are you on that? I haven't found anybody to do a dream girl yet. I need find to, out what yeah. Mike Grell would charge. Find out what Mike. Oh. Find out what Mike. You gonna Grell split would it charge. with me? Well, I just want to know <laughs> what what Mike. What, what, like I was gonna say, what would Mike Grell charge for a lesbian Mike uh, Dawnstar and Dream Girl? <laughs> um, but maybe he wouldn't do that kind of stuff. But maybe that's I bet under, he would actually under under the table commission. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> On the I've seen him do some smutty stuff before, I think. Okay. Well, my girl, you just got up another notch in my book. I mean, maybe he'll charge it, you know, a premium. Extra, but... but but I'd be interested to get like either Dawnstar or a Dream Girl. Um, I'll look into prices. it. Prices. He's got to have prices on his page. I imagine my grill <laughs> would the bulk of his income would be from this kind of stuff. So I imagine it's quite expensive. Yeah, I mean, I would guess you know for a nine by twelve would be like three hundred bucks maybe, right. which is nine by twelve inches. Not yeah, outrageous. Yeah, oh, that's all maybe right. three hundred to five hundred. I don't know. Okay. I'm just spitballing. And it's just pencils, isn't it? Uh, is that right? Depends. Is it? You know, they have different rates for pencils and then inks and then okay. color. Yeah, well, yeah. So we'll see. Boggles. I'm really thinking for you, you know, because I know, yeah. that, I yeah, know yeah. that you're sort of like into it like heavily. I mean, yeah, I, I mean that would be a good one to have. It's just like you know, you walk in, the wife's like above the bed, you know, put Dream Girl there. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I just love art. I don't know, I don't know what I can tell you. Like, just an art lover. <laughs> I love the female form. I can't help it. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, so then oh, we... also of note here on page one hundred six, uh, you see on the Shadow Girl one, it says. Died saving the sa- the science asteroid, yes. which is where they are now. So, right. Hint, yes. hint, hint, hint. Um, yeah. And then we, we've got stuff where 
Karate Kid's talking to Sunboy. Yes. Yeah, and Sunboy kind of blames himself for Feralad, oh. uh, and he was there in the story where Feralad died. Um, and then Karate Kid's like, "Well, should I blame myself for killing my wife?" Mm. And he's like, "Well, no." And he's like, "Well, then don't blame yourself for killing Feralad." Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of things available to become a martyr over. I suggest we go on living. Good dialogue, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good dialogue. Uh, but we do, then we see that this one seemed to have an impact on uh, the subject there. Yes, the mysterious subject. Um, yeah. We're clo- so close to a cure, I know it, but what's missing? And then me- it's meanwhile at Legion headquarters, we've got the beginnings of the story with the chameleon boy and um, RJ Brand going to look mm-hmm. for. Durler, is it Durler? Is that how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Then we've got uh, guest artist Dave Cockrum, who did some Legion, didn't he? Wasn't Dave Cockrum on the Legion at some point? Yeah, I mean, all these artists have. Um, oh, okay. The only one that Howard Bender, or whoever did the one with Computo, I'm pretty sure he's not actually, like, from that era. Okay. But, yeah, all of them have worked on the Legion. Well, I, I like um, I really like this Dave Cockrum artwork. It's very of its time. Who's the yeah. guy? Is it who's growing like that sort of Oliver Queen beard on 111? That's Element Lad. That's what I was saying to you. I, I thought Element Lad had a beard at some point. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. you're right. I yeah. I was thinking you meant like he grew it in the yes, yeah. You know, because it was just a. I also a thought dream. Superboy looks very adult, but he's actually Superman, and he looks real pissed off. Yeah, so they're basically arguing about whether or not the Legion is going to kill, become involved in this war and kill. Yeah, and there's a couple of members there you might not recognize. So on that top panel on page 111, mm. uh, there's Chemical King on the left in the green, which I think we've oh, seen yeah. a little bit of. Who's but the next to him guy? is Tyrock. Tyrock, that's an interesting uniform he's got on. Um, what's yeah, his he's power? very disco. Yeah, very disco. Yes. What's his power? Uh, he's like Banshee. Oh, okay, like a vocal sort of power. Yeah, he's kind of. There was some controversy with him because when they wrote his origin, people thought it was maybe a little bit in poor taste, where right. it was basically all the black people uh, got moved to an island, and uh, it was kind of like a weird, like segregated uh, kind of thing. What's that? Like segregated. Do you mean? Yeah, they were like segregated and all the black people lived on an island together or something. It was written by, I think, James Dematius. Okay. And he's, I think, a little maybe embarrassed of it. You know, maybe okay. one of those things that were trying to be progressive but was. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes maybe well meaning, the best taste. but it comes across in bad taste. Yeah. He's a pretty early, uh, you know, black comic book character, um, oh, but okay. was largely written out of the book. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Ellen Malad, Superboy, and the rest of them we know. Um, but, yeah, the big crux of this conversation is Superman just pissed off. He would never return. The ethics by which he lives said there was always another answer other than taking life, and the Legionnaires chose to disagree, except when Superboy or Superman killed the uh, Kryptonians in the fucking Phantom Dimension, we remember, you know? Yeah, when yeah. The, uh, are you talking about the just before John Byrne story? Yeah, John Byrne, yeah. John, except yeah. on that occasion when Superboy, Superman was just like, there's no other choice. I need, I need to. And several other occasions yes. and in Man of Steel. But yeah, yeah. Nobody I, counts that. No, no one counts that. But even in the comics, like you know, he, he has killed. But his outrage yeah. here is very genuine, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it does seem to be like the standard uh, yes. go-to for Superman's MO. And, then and I guess have... this is all before the, the yeah. John Byrne story. Exactly. 
Which tells you how controversial that John Byrne story must have been at the time, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Especially yeah. because they already changed him up for post-crisis and they were yes. doing different things. It's like, yes. oh, now he kills? Now he kills? Like, wow, hey. It quite blatantly kills, like puts him in an electric chair or whatever he did, you know? Yeah, in his defense, they weren't like... <laughs> Real people. I think they were from... Yeah. Well, you know how I talk about how there was a pocket universe yes. where they reveal Superboy was from? Yes. I think those same ones that he killed were like the pocket dimension versions of Zod. Yeah, but they're still people. I mean... In that universe. Sure. You know? I mean... But that's yeah. like when they're like, oh, it's okay, they're robots. And you're like, mostly yeah. robots. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, I wonder if they ever tried to write that out of Superman. I know they did like the whole... Exile. Yeah, exile thing. Yeah. I don't really care. I just think it's funny. Um, now, who do we have watching the TV? Um, yeah, so this is kind of interesting. That's Starboy as an adult yes, <clears throat> and right. Dreamgirl. And it's yeah. interesting that they chose him to be the commentator here because he's the one that actually got kicked out of the Legion for killing somebody. Right. Um, yeah, that was a Silver Age story where he's That's getting strange. attacked and um, his only option is to shoot the guy to kill him. Oh, it's kind of cool that him and Dream Girl are just kicking back watching the TV. Yeah, um, and they got some brats in the back there. Two boys oh, and a yeah, girl. Yeah, well done. Oh, and they got some kind of like dinosaur dog. Yes, it's cool. Looks like, uh, what's the... Um, Dino. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dino yeah. from the Flintstones. <laughs> um, Class. I know in Europe, it's a shame the Legion had turned out to be a bunch of killers, and then you see all the hotheads just loving it, like Corsa yeah. Boy, Ultra Boy, Wildfire are just going fucking nuts, aren't they? Really? Hey, even Chameleon Chame Boy on the next page is like a freaking gun. Gunny. Yeah, it's like finally unleashed. All these years <laughs> I've been penned up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so a little hardcore, and then we see some of them that Legionnaires are dying. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I dig it, man. I I think it's yeah, it's 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 a fucking cool vision of the future. And as we know, in the five years later, they do eventually get to a dystopian kind of vision, don't they? Yeah, for sure. Which I think's interesting. But even there, they don't lose their. Uh, oh, even there, they're not morals. killing. Really? I don't think so. Uh, oh, maybe Jesus. a little bit. <laughs> what kind of post-apocalyptic dystopia do you not kill? That's the whole point of it. All the well, bets that's are off the, the point, table. whole point of the Legion, though, right? What to not kill? I don't know. I guess <laughs> to just hold yourself to a higher standard. I guess. <laughs> I guess so, but like in a post-apocalyptic wasteland, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the mm -hmm. question of Walking Dead and stuff. Like Rick has to learn when to start imposing laws and rules and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. there was a, a cool scene that I was thinking of. It's not really them killing, but I guess in a way it is. Um, where they're, at one point in that five years later stuff, the Earth blows up. Cool. And they're evacuating the Earth, and um, they have like all these ships, and then one of the Legionnaires has to be like, oh, I'm sorry, we're full. Uh, You'll have to wait for the next one. And the guy's like, there's not going to be a next one, is there? That's pretty uh, yeah. dark. Pretty dark. That's cool. It's a pretty good scene. That's a good scene. That's the kind of stuff we. So in that expect. sense, yeah, I guess they kind of killed that guy. You could have just let yeah, that one but that's guy that's that's not. I mean, ha <laughs> yeah, that's harsh, but it's not yeah. like tough choices. Yeah, that's tough choices, which is more the vein these kind of comics will go in sometimes, you know, as opposed yeah. to like what do you call it, killing uh, indiscriminately or something, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. But then we have the next one is Modru. 
who's a classic villain who we've encountered a couple of times. I was very happy to see Saturn Girl's bikini costume come back. Yeah, I really like the art here. This is James Sherman. Mm, nice He's art. the one that Earth War. That's the name of the story I was trying to say earlier, mm. where Siobhan Aaron first showed up. Right. But yeah, this is kind of a throwback to the Earth War storyline where there's this big conspiracy and there's all these things going on. He didn't know who was behind it. Well, spoiler alert, Mordru was behind it. And this is kind of like an alternate ending for that story. And in this one, he's won basically. And they've got to go through this weird ritual to basically cancel out all magic. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. We got all the different wizards there. There's a princess projector, dream girl, and that's white witch there, but yes, she doesn't look like she normally does with the white skin. This is like before. Yeah, she says, she you've met my sister, White Witch, leader of the resistance to Modra and the Sorcerer's World. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it's cool. I, I, I thought these visions of the visions of the sort of dark futures and stuff were pretty fucking wicked, man, actually. Like, DC really kind of upping the game, you know? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and getting all the different artists back that actually worked in that era was cool. Yeah. Uh, we see one here where Cosmic Boy is being, like, torn apart by this bug. Mm. Kind of gross. Yeah, no, it is. It's not. It's not pleasant. Um, yes, it's but they stuff. stop them, and uh, it, there's a line here that I really liked. Uh, now the patient turned deeply pained, and we saw the surviving legionnaires once more in the projector, swearing to rebuild Earth and civilization, and then everything vanished. So yeah, you kind of get this implication that this really kind of messed up with. Uh, What's yeah. you know they have to rebuild civilization. And you so see this one. It. I thought it was interesting. The next story as well. Uh, Dick Giordano and Joe Stadden on artwork duties, mm-hmm. um, where really the Legion itself is being torn apart by infighting, which was interesting. You know. Yeah. Um, that was an interesting. You know, all the other ones. It was an external enemy, and the the kind of was kind of like Mordru won or whoever won. This it's kind of like. They're being torn apart by their own petty infighting, and there is plenty of infighting in the Legion. You know, they're always bantering and jostling with each other. Um, yeah, and they kind of point to some things that were actually happening at the time, like Brainiac Five going mad. Mm. Matter Eater was also mad. Mm. Um, Ultra Boy had vanished at this time. Ultra Boy was like presumed dead by the Legionnaires. Yeah, Phantom Girl left because he died, and then drama with Shrinking Violet. That was all stuff that was kind of going on in the book at the time. So it was kind of cool that they yeah, picked really up on cool. that. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. And and uh, Block was a traitor in this version? Yeah, so Block actually started off as a Legion villain, mm. uh, and then he joined up with the team. Uh, but yeah, here he's going back to his former master, the Dark Man. Mm. And the Dark Man, he is, if you know uh, Therok from the Fatal Five, he's the one that's half robot, yes. half man. Yes. He, um, the Dark Man is like... The other half of Ferrock, I think, only, like, grown back into, like, a full man again. (laughs) I see. Right. So, kind of weird. That's cool. That's cool, though. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And then we... I'm just just looking at this thing here. Uh, Who is this who's fighting and she's in... She she gets fully zapped. Um, Who is that? Is is that... Mm, What page is that? Page 133. Oh, okay, yeah, I think that's uh, Shrinking, or that's Shadowlass. Shadowlass, so. yeah. But she, yeah, she's the one who just got the haircut and stuff for um, Monel, yeah? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, cool. And then she gets massively zapped. 
Yeah, so the implication is that she's dead there. Oh. Um, But then we find out she's not dead because we established a few pages earlier that these adult stories don't necessarily take place, right? Yes, gotcha. Right, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, okay. Yes. You did skip past something that I wanted to cover real quick. It's 130. Yeah. We see the face of Feralad's twin. Mm. So the idea is that this is what Feralad looked like underneath his mask. Horribly scarred. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that either. Um, yeah, and then um, we also see that he kind of finds a reality that he'd be happy in where he gets to join the Legion to replace his brother, mm. and he's um, he's happy. He disappears uh, and merges with that universe's uh, cool. Douglas Nolan. Well, at least he's had some peace, I guess, you know? Yeah, he's gone. so pretty cool. He's, he's gone to peace. Um, and then it all ends with a really kind of cool picture uh, of them all <laughs> together basically and you have a list of all the legionnaires and even the ones who've retired or been killed yeah and i think they're supposed to be listed there in the order that they joined uh-huh. so you'll see cosmic boy saturn girl lightning lad but notable is supergirl is listed above superboy yeah which is ridiculous um <laughs> in my actually in, uh, in my i mentioned that in a group the other day, and some yeah. guy got really annoyed with he me. Did, yeah. He did, yeah. He was, he was, um, <laughs> I, I think he thought you were more in favor of it than you were. You were just merely giving a description of your reason. Yeah, I was like, well, the argument is this. And then yeah. he was like, listen up, I'll tell listen you this up, one kid. time. Yeah. I'm 65. I was there from the beginning, and I know. He's like, and listen up, like, Adam, I'm 65. It's not my first <laughs> time in the cantina. And I was like, okay. All right. And then I did I did a poll actually in a different Legion fan group, and the consensus was that Supergirl did join first. Yeah, well, uh, I guess you can argue that from a a sort of not publication standpoint, which is where I look at it from, but from a yeah, whatever I mean, you call it in story standpoint, you know. Yeah, and I think the in story standpoint was originally just like little continuity errors, mm. but it did kind of get established later in the stories but yeah i'm not gonna argue with somebody about it either way like it's not that important to me no, but uh doesn't really worry me i mean i like yeah. supergirl as well so it's cool i think it's cool that, yeah. that, 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 that they say it's like how superboy and i are from different decades on earth and i'm like yeah it's fucking weird that you guys don't think that that's weird <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah it is kind of funny how like uh, but like you know. he's just like the thing with superboy is he's so told you're gonna be Superman, the biggest hero of all time, like a god, uh, and worshipped and perfect. And Superboy's like, cool. Yeah, I'd be like, oh. <laughs> There's like no pressure. He's just like, awesome. One day I'm gonna be even more awesome. Um, I do think it's funny the whole um, Superboy and Supergirl being from different decades because yeah. it's something that never really occurred to me when I was reading these comics as a kid. Yeah. Like, I was just like, oh, yeah, Superboy and Supergirl, they, well, they should know really. each other and be in the Legion together. To a kid as well, you, you're kind of thinking, well, they're both the young versions of themselves because it's Supergirl and Superboy, you know, like, yeah. that's actually what I, because th- I didn't read Superman or Supergirl or anything. I actually thought Supergirl and Superboy were just the same time kids. You know what I mean? Like the like the, yeah. That's what I thought. I, I knew no better, basically. And that's kind of yeah, yeah. What I'm where I was coming from. Yeah. Uh, in this picture, though, we also see the subs are there. We see the uh, heroes of Lalor that we mentioned earlier, yes. and then also the Wanderers. Wanderers, and we see up the top the first three members as well. 
don't we? The founders, yeah. yeah. And Sunboy's got the banner. Yep, yep. Cool. Where's Dream Girl? Cool there she is. She's Dream Girl's standing next to Star Boy and Ultra yep. Boy. Yeah. Where's mm-hmm. Dawny? Oh, there she is on the left. And there's Bouncing Yeah, I feel Boy. like there was some missing here, but I can't remember now. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Where's Superboy? Oh, there he is. Yeah. Okay. Yep, there he is. Once again, yep. a missed opportunity to have crypto. You should be uh, crypto on her adventures. Yeah, yeah, good point. Is that Proto, Proddy, or however you say his name, like behind Ultra Boy, like at his feet? Proddy behind Ultra Boy. Yep, that's him, Proddy yeah. 2. Yeah, Proddy 2. Is Proddy 1 there as well? <laughs> I'd make a joke, but you probably wouldn't get it, but uh, no, Proddy 1 is dead. Yeah, I get that, but aren't, aren't people who are dead there as well? No, uh, oh, right. like you don't see Feralad, you don't see... Uh, okay, right, so it's not... Yeah. Okay, it's only the live ones. Um, <laughs> well, what's funny is later on in the, the Five Years Later stuff, it's revealed that whenever Lightning Lad came back to life, mm. he wasn't actually brought back to life. It's that Prody went into his body. So right. on the other podcast that covers the Legion, the Legion of Substitute Podcasters, who do a really great show, mm. um, they always call uh, Lightning Lad Prody. Oh really? Okay. And I noticed Wildfire's the energy form, not not his costume. Yeah, he's still pissed. <laughs> That's kind of funny that they don't have Wildfire in his costume. It's one of the best costumes that they've got in the Legion. Yeah, and also the fact that this is like a nice pin-up page. You'd think you'd want him to be on it, but yeah, it's almost like a, a thumb on the nose to. Yeah. You know, Wildfire would features. be fucking happy about that. You know. Not yeah. Yeah. Also, Tyrock is missing because he's in another dimension. Mm. Um, but I think everybody else is here except for the dead ones, which are Invisible Kid, Chemical King. I was going to say, is RJ uh, Brand there? Fairly. There he is down on the left. Who's that? RJ Brand. Yeah, even RJ's there. Yeah, cool. And you see Light light Glasses up in the top with Matt Reader Lad. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. Yep. I like it. Who's the guy with the kind of elongated man head? Sort of. Oh, I think that oh, I think Jimmy that's supposed Olsen. to be Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, fucking Jimmy Olsen. Jesus. Yeah. And there's the Tornado Twins who are, uh, are that they, one. Are is, they next uh, to Jimmy to the right of? The yeah, that the guy is uh, one of the Tornado Twins, and then the other one is uh, somewhere else. Okay. But yeah, that's Impulse's dad. Right. Cool. Yeah, it's a good it's a good picture. I like it. I like it a lot. It's got a lot of detail when you look into it. Now, can yeah, I Garfield say... Garfield and Spider-Man are there. Do you see them? Who? Garfield, Spider-Man. No? Where? <laughs> to the left of some oh, way I see is Garfield. Garfield. I see Garfield. And there's Spider-Man here standing. Yeah, I do see yeah. him. That's crazy. Yep, Batman's there behind Polar Boy. Where's that? The far left. And the top. Oh, yeah, just, he's just the silhouette. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure somebody told me these two behind the um, chlorophyll kit are supposed to be like Linny and Squiggy. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. That does anyway. actually look like Squiggy. Yeah. That does so. look a lot like Squiggy. So there's a few little in jokes there. Yep. That's cool yeah. that Spider Man made it. Yeah. Spidey. It works, Spidey. Given like to do that sneak uh, Marvel people in every now and then. Yeah, and I and I, I I can see how you could get this past in the ed- editor too. You know. Because mm-hmm. it's pretty, yeah. it's because it's such a good picture that really, you look at the front of the picture, the the and it, it dominates the mind because there's a lot of detail there that you don't <laughs> so, like Garfield when you're looking for him is actually quite easy to find, but if you're not looking for him, 
Yeah, yeah, you just can't overlook him. Yeah, that's cool. All right, well, now we're on to issue 301, which is the storyline uh, in Derla, basically, and it's quite an interesting story. Wasn't a huge fan of the sudden art. Well, it, it the sudden artistic change threw me for a bit of a loop, but I then sort of liked it. But it was quite a change in artistic style. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, I guess a little bit. I actually didn't notice it when I was reading it through, but yeah, a tad. Not as drastic as it's going to be soon. No, but I enjoyed it. But at first, I was like, "Wow, they've got a different artist on here." But then I was like, "Oh, it's Keith Giffen." I'm like, "Oh, this must be Keith Giffen when he's experimenting with a bit more of a sketchy style." But it's mm-hmm. good. It's gritty. Um, and really, uh, you were saying how few of the Legion stories really focus on one character. This really dials down into Chameleon Boy, and I guess RJ Brand a bit. But really, Chameleon Boy's journey to get his powers back and all the stuff about the world of Dola, none of which I knew in the six-minute war and all that. Um, yeah, really I found that interesting. pretty interesting. Uh, they said range. that they were normally like just normal humanoid things mm. that didn't have the ability to transform until the six-minute war, which yeah. is what thought about their powers. They also talk about how RJ um, kind of abandoned uh, Chameleon Boy. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Like RJ Brand, kind of a sort of flawed character, isn't he, really, which I didn't realise. Um, yeah, he is. And like he wasn't a good guy for leaving his son there and yeah. not telling him for all these years. And he got stuck in the format of like, like the fat rich businessman, and all he cares about is profits. He didn't even really care that he lost his powers. Whereas Chameleon Boy's like, I'm trapped in this body. I, I need to use my powers. Like they define me. Whereas RJ Brand's kind of like moved on from that. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, he comes across just like a big fat cat. Like all he cares yeah, about is yeah. money, you know. Yeah, he uh, he has a business that creates stars. Right, really. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, yeah. but it's interesting. I, I I thought it was a really. I honestly would recommend this if you were getting into Legion and you like Chameleon Boy. This is an. Uh, I reckon it's an essential issue, and and how yeah, wonderful similar to the Cosmic Boy thing, right? Yeah, but dude, how wonderful is this one issue that tells you the full origin of Chameleon Boy? And yet we have like 11, 12 issues of Bendis that feels like never explains anything properly, you know? Yeah, I would have preferred 12 issues like this from Bendis than 12 issues yeah. of not really learning anything about anybody. Totally, yeah. Like, like w- w- what is the problem with, with, with these modern writers who just can't tell you a succinct origin story in one issue? You know? I don't know. I just yeah, I know. Uh, sorry, I was moving downstairs. <laughs> oh, you're right. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I just think it's a really cool issue. Uh, it really goes into a lot of detail, and um, yeah, I, I found it fascinating. And um, there's a bit of side stuff going on with uh, Ultra, not Ultra Boy, Colossal Boy, and stuff like that. But really, the basis of the issue is all about um, what happens with Chameleon Boy, and then he gets his. He gets his powers back in this issue, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, yeah. Yep, um, and he gets his powers back. He gets um, his powers back, and then he fights the speaker, and then pretty much he, he and I, um, he and RJ Brand uh, walk off into the sunset, really. Um, yeah, and he kind of encourages the Durlins to cooperate with the United Planets and does, yes. make things better for them. And what you were mentioning about Prody, Prody's leaving, he said he took the picture, mm. and then he's not a pet. So Yeah, he said, I won't be forget. joining... It was kind of said quite frostily, wasn't it? Like, I won't be attending yeah. meetings of the Legion of Super Pets anymore. Like, okay. <laughs> Which you love, the Legion of Super Pets. So I love the Legion of Super Pets. probably take offense. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't get that kind of attitude from crypto, you know? 
Um, he's a loyal dog. He's a good boy. He's a good yeah. boy. Yeah, I mean, he's. We've all seen Superboy where he's flying through space for his bones and stuff, and then he he'll rescue Superboy at times, and he never gives that kind of talk back. Well, Prody's kind of like a more like a pussycat. He's he's got a bit of attitude about him. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's like, uh, it's like um, just it's like just take the damn photo, Brody. Like, <laughs> we're paying you. You, yeah, we're yeah. your customer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you'd be nowhere if it wasn't for the Legion. <laughs> yeah. It's also interesting here that Supergirl decided to stick around for a little bit after the photo, um, and so we get some, you know, a little bit of a love story here with Brainy. Yeah, because Brainy, Brainy does love Supergirl, doesn't he? Like, he sure does. I didn't know robot I had no idea that Brainiac had this crush on Supergirl. Does it persist into like modern day? Like when they do it, like you know, more recent versions of the continuity. Is there you know relationships in Super Supergirl and Brainy? Um, I think in like the Retroboot stuff, there was a little bit of a tease mm. about it. Um, and then yeah, with the the most recent stuff, not really, but oh. kind of a little bit of a tease. But um, yeah, I mean, the Supergirl doesn't really have any that many other significant like. No. Loves. No. So, I mean, Brainiac is kind of like her... A big one. You know, yeah. And Brainiac's mm-hmm. not normally a character given to love, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All about logic. All about logic. Uh, all right. Well, that was a great issue. That That's actually one of my favorite issues in this collection. Of, of I like a lot of these issues, like, a lot. But I thought that was a particularly good one. I think because it dialed yeah, into... Very solid. Yeah, those characters. Um. Then we've got issue, is it 302, and it's uh, Family yep. Matters. Um, do you want to take us through this one, Adam? Yeah, sure. So uh, from the last issue, we found out that uh, Princess Projectra and Karate Kid uh, were getting married, and Karate, or Timberwolf is a little um, sad about that mm. because he misses Ayla still. He's got a new costume, by the way. Mm-hmm. Looks a little less chesty. Yes. No, I think it's an improvement to put something yeah. on that chest, you know? Mm-hmm. I think so too. Uh, then Lightning Lord attacks. The he's the blue lightning guy. Yes, and he's looking for Ayla because he thinks she must have left the Legion because she's like you know not Unable. into the hero way anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he really meanwhile Dawny. Yeah, she really gets messed up by him. Again, once again, Dawnstar gets hammered. You know. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and Timberwolf too. Uh, him and Timberwolf have a little bit of a history because. Uh, you know, anytime there was a lightning lad or a lightning lord story, then lightning lad and lightning lass would be involved, and he was dating lightning lass, so this oh, is another confrontation right. between Timberwolf so and bit lightning of, lord. Beef before. Yeah, a little bit of beef. Um, we see that element lad and Shvan are continuing to investigate the um, yeah. traitor. Meanwhile, uh, Brainiac 5 and crew were attacked by a uh, Legion science police guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, who, kind of amusingly. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of just blaming them on being new, but Brainiac's not really buying that. No. So it, they're going down and they're investigating Weaver's world or Weber's world, mm. which is like where the poli- politicians all hang out. And we've got but Emerald we find out, Empress go there. Ahead. Yeah, exactly. Emerald Empress took over there. Um, yeah. Uh, and then Lightning Lad attacks uh, Lightning, or Lightning Lord attacks Lightning Lad and Saturn Girl. Mm-hmm. They're sitting there with Doctor Gimmel, who is the Legion Doctor. Yep, who's really hesitant about being involved. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's always like, "Sign my credit voucher." This is kind of line. 
But uh, he uh, is a comic book fan too, though. You can see he's got some yes. Batman comics and Flash. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's much more happy reading them than having to get involved in this conflict. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Lightning Lord attacks and Lightning Lad's fighting him, but he takes out uh, the airlock and they get blown outside. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they're both knocked out, but they have suits on that'll protect them. Yes. Um, meanwhile, Dream Girl took a team to Daxam, and that's where you can see that's Daxam. That looks like Darkseid's head. Yes, I know. I thought that was hilarious. I also love yeah. it when Dream Girl's giving the instruction and she's doing her nails. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's just kind of chilling. She's like blowing on her nails and stuff. And she and who's the guy that gets really pissed off? Is that Ultra Boy who just gets getting the shits with her every order? Yeah, he's pissed that. Um, he got brought on the mission instead of got left behind to be yeah. like the leader while she's away. <laughs> he's like, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's a little grumpy and he ends up uh, resigning. <laughs> and uh, meanwhile, uh, that science police liaison is going down and getting some stuff and getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. Gigi. Yeah. She is uh, supposed to be Paul Levitt's, like based on Paul Levitt's wife. Oh, okay. Cool. That's cool. <laughs> Yep. So the more legionnaires go in and to take down Lightning Lord, and yeah. he actually blasts a hole in the screen that is over. Um, I'm not sure if it's Earth. Yeah, Earth. And Block actually falls down through this hole, which is kind of weird to me that Dawnstar is able to actually go catch him because he's supposed to be like super massive to the point that uh, um, he has to use multiple flight rings, even. But right, that might really? be a later continuity <laughs> thing. But yeah, <laughs> she shouldn't be able to lift him. I wouldn't think. Unless she's really powerful that we don't know about strength wise. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Which Or the wings or the wings are. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, she's flapping around um, really hard. Let's see. And then uh yeah. Lightning Lad is fighting Lightning Lord and you see Lightning Lad has like a yellow um thing when he's fully powered up. Mm. And uh Lightning Lass is, is pink later on when yes. you see her. But yeah. Um And then we get so the, it's the kinda trap cool is, seeing the trap all... is then sprung back on uh, the planet Weber's world, we see Emerald Empress kind of, you know, closes the trap on them and they're trapped inside. Uh, yep, yep, exactly. Yeah. And we also see that uh, Saturn Girl takes Lightning Lord out. Let me have a look at that scene. How does she That's... do that? Oh, yeah, she like a telepathic blast. She puts him to sleep, yeah? Yeah, it's awfully convenient. Yeah, good for her, though. Good work, Saturn Girl. Yeah. Came through in the crunch. Um, yeah, yeah, good issue. Uh, excellent artwork. Um, I, I, I think, and and it really, and this does show you that like everyone's always like, you know, comics, you know, back in the day, they always finished one issue. Well, this leaves it open. Like it leaves, it, it resolves a lot of information, gets some information, gives you a solid ending with a cliffhanger and it leads right into yeah. the next issue. So it's, it, it isn't that like guys like Paul Levitz couldn't write multiple, um, you know, issue arcs. They could, but they were still a lot more succinct in how they told the story. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this was the A plot wrapping up and then the B plot became the A plot in the yeah. next issue and C plot became B plot. I feel like uh, Bendis seems to stay like it's all C plot, you know? Like, Yeah, that's what I was saying is, yeah. you know, it's just all, you know. Filler. He gives equal time to all of it and then it never gets wrapped up. So it's like... Yeah, but it's, there's not a compelling a plot though, as well. Like, yeah, exactly. and that, and and that's a concern. So it's it's kind of like he gets it half right. Um, yeah, he also does terrible dialogue. You know, terrible dialogue. 
He yeah, used to be, times he used, to be can... appla- used to be applauded for his dialogue when his career started. You know? Yeah, which I never really got. Like, because yeah. I didn't read a lot of his stuff at first, and I yes. went back and read it, and I don't really think that his dialogue was ever really that good. I mean, I guess overpriced. it was different. It was overpriced. But, yeah, yeah. It was okay. It was okay, but it, but I've read a lot better. You know, uh, frankly. Well, I was reading like his Ultimate Spider-Man even, yeah. and I was like, this line's dumb. That line's dumb. And like his new Avengers, like there was things in there that would just kind of make you cringe. Yeah, I know. At times it was done really well, but I know. liked a lot of his new Avengers, but it, it went right off the rails at a certain point. See, I disagree with you because I mm. like the later stuff better than the early stuff. Really, that's a hot take. Yeah. I didn't like it when it had like Cap and Iron Man. And I just found it kind of boring. Eh, I don't know. It was what it was, man. Um, I mean, most people seem to agree with you. But mind but... you, though, when I say I liked it, I liked it for a long time. You know, it wasn't like I just liked the beginning and then it went off. I thought it it stayed. I actually liked it right up until uh, I tell you where I went off it. Dark Rain. In Dark, oh, okay. In Dark Rain. So I mean, I stuck with it for. It was one of my favorite titles. I I have the hard covers. I've got like six hard covers of it. Um, oh and, really? And okay. yeah, no, I I I I enjoyed it for quite some time. You know, like well into it, and then I felt like he ran out of story and he was doing filler. And I just lost so much interest in it. And I was like, wow, this, it just got a lot less engaging. Whereas previously I found it was compelling from issue to issue, like the story. Yeah, I get that. Um, sometimes it was like he'd bring in a character and then write him out real quick, which I always find kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. I've been meaning to read his Mighty Avengers and Dark Avengers. I think I've read all of the other like new Avengers and Avengers. I, I've read a bit of Dark Avengers. It was reasonably interesting. You know, I, I, I didn't love it, but I, I read it at the time. Yeah, that's um, about what I expect. Yeah. And what was interesting with Mighty Avengers was he brought uh, Thought Balloons back. Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, that's good. I like. I'll be honest. I I think it's a shame we don't have Thought Balloons uh, hardly at all now. You know. Yeah, I was thinking about it when we were reading this. I don't know if there's really any Thought Balloons here. No, there's not a ton. There, there really isn't. Um, I I agree. But but I I don't think that there is. A sort of old-fashioned and, and terrible, as some people will tell you. Like, I look at some modern comics, and I'm like, my God, like, a few thought balloons could maybe make this a lot better, really, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it seems like they normally do, like, the internal narration boxes, I generally. Yeah. I know, but then sometimes there's too many boxes, and you've got to do different colours, and it gets very confusing who's thinking. Yeah, sometimes. Um, yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, sometimes. Um, anyway, uh, then the next issue, uh, 303, I believe, is basically uh, Emerald Empress has kind of got them where she wants them, and she's, like, slapping them as well. In, like, in 193, she, like, full-on slaps them across the face and then zaps well, them. Well, she's breaking his jaw, right? And when, oh, yeah. Yeah, she broke his jaw, and then they slap and everybody else across the face. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I would, I'd, I'd, I'd prefer to take the slap. Um, yeah. Some boy, yeah, I mean, he has to wear uh, sort of like a, a, what would you call it? Like almost like a cast. Like he's, he's after yeah. this, you know. He, he, he really yeah. struggles. Poor old Supergirl. I was kind of like, Supergirl can't get out of this. And then she, um, she has the extra precautions and she eventually has a kryptonite ring, I believe, or a piece of kryptonite and almost. Yeah, like, a big chunk. Yeah. yeah, and she said that she's kind of broken up with the Fatal Five now. Yes. Uh, that Therok died. Yeah. She's flying solo now. Um, then we, we see have... Bouncing Boy and Duo Damsel yes. in there, like, 
I think they're watching the headquarters as the other legionnaires fly off to go to the wedding, right? Yes, exactly. And they're, they're sort of saying, oh, I wouldn't like to be at the wedding. And, you know, and he's like, there's only one wedding I cared about was ours. Um, <laughs> it's one of the things he says. Um, Dream Girl is doing more of the sort of team stuff. She, I'm confident Brainiac 5 can handle it. but We can spare some reinforcements from our team. And so she says, she sends um, Wildfire and Monel to Weber's world because um, the communicators or something have stopped working. Um, so they're, they're sent off. Um, and then as well, you have these people fighting. So is, is Shrinking Violet, she was one of the people who was captured, yeah? Well, first off, they had already sent, um, they had already escaped by the time they sent them off. Yes, uh, yes, I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Shrinking Violet, yeah, she was the one in purple. I think she got this new costume, like, just recently, mm. how funny is um, Ultra Boy when he when he when he does stuff it to to what he thinks of um, being a deputy leader lady to do? Uh, yeah, I do like that. And she just writes stuff it. And she's like, oh. <laughs> and then uh, her boyfriend back there laughing at her. Yeah, Tom, if you're laughing, I'll rip your beard out one hair at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dream Girl's not happy with that at all. Um, yeah, and Starboy's getting kind of needy because Dream yes. Girl's been leader for a while, and he. Uh, yeah. Wants to cuddle with her. Exactly, yeah. And he's kind of hoping he gets more cuddle time. But she's in Which you would, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, for sure. But but Dream Girl's <laughs> quite an effective leader, though. I like the way she does things. She's, yeah, she she's, is effective. I mean, she pisses people off sometimes, but... That's okay. You know, you've got to get the job done. Um, she's efficient, you know what I mean? Like, she's like, bang, bang, bang. That, that's kind of her style. Gets it um, done, yeah. Yeah, gets it done, gets the job done. Uh, meantime, we, we have the continuing fight between Empress... And these others, and then really, there's a uh, the scene with Supergirl where she flies out and then flies back. And I'm just trying to find it. Uh, where's the bit where? Oh yeah, there's the bit where she has the the kryptonite. I know you weren't expecting kryptonite, were you, dear? Well, life is full of surprises, and I've been saving this chunk for Superboy just in case he tried to interfere. But I'm pleased you appreciate it too. Oh, you like it closer? You want to see the pretty polish I put on the stone? Certainly, my dear. Beautiful things are so heavenly, aren't they? She's, like, she's really like monologuing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's a little nuts. Yeah, she's a little nuts. And then, um, who is it? Shrinking Violet. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, knocks it out of a um hand or something, and takes it away. Yeah, and uh, what Emerald Empress was doing was putting Weber's world on a course to yes. collide with like uh, Science Police headquarters. And Supergirl knocked it away like a billiard ball with. Because uh, Webby's impact. world is like a sort of like almost like a Death Star kind of thing, isn't it? Like it's a it's a yeah, it kind of looks planet. like one. Yeah, it's an artificial planet though that can move around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is cool. Um, and then so Monel turns up with Wildfire after it's all done, <laughs> which is funny. Yeah, they do stop on tier though. Who is? The little minion guy. Yes. Yeah, that's true. They did catch He's him. a member of the Dark Circle, which well, is like a dark organization. Can you with explain? The I like that Dark Circle stuff, um, how there was this mysterious organization behind it all, you know, that he was part of. Um, yeah, they're pretty cool. In 211, when he's trying to escape, what, what actually happens? Like, he's trying to go somewhere, and then it's just like, thack. What, what actually happens there? I don't quite understand uh, my assumption was that he walked through the door and then, you know, Monel punched him in the face and he fell oh, backwards through the portal. I see. Right. I thought he. I thought he, like, 
hit the door Ran and bounced back. But no, because that makes sense because the middle panel, there's nothing. So he's gone through the door. Then he gets thrown back through it, basically. Yeah, yeah, okay. that, that's my assumption. Okay, then in the epilogue, just wrapping this one up, um, it's the prelude to the wedding um, of Karate mm-hmm. Kid and Queen Projector. Yeah? Yep. She's so, looking good there. She's looking very good. And then we've got some boy, Franny's in like the, <laughs> the his whole jaw is all like in a massive like sort of um, computery sort of lock thing, like a jaw lock. Yeah, and Colossal <laughs> Boy's teasing him a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They're kind of like best buddies. That's kind of funny though as well. Like, um, yeah. And then um, Brainiac says, I should have just more quickly. It's you. You're too damn distracting to Supergirl. He's like, oh. Um, he's in love. He's in love. But he's confessed his love before, hasn't he? Didn't they have a whole issue that we did where where she was like, I can't stick around in this time because my life in the 70s is, is undergoing all this change and stuff? Didn't Wasn't that in like the last one we did? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's just, you know, they kind of made the decision to try to like be professional or whatever. Yes. But now they're like, eh, I'm a, I can't. And but she's kind of enjoying it too. I get the feeling, don't you? Yeah, like she stuck around mostly to hang out with him. I think. Yeah, indeed. So it goes both ways. A super tease. Yeah, it cuts both ways, as Gloria Estefan once said. (laughs) Um, Okay, so final issue here. In our, uh, is it the final issue? Or no, this is the annual, and then there's the final issue. Okay. Yeah, I imagine we can get through the annual pretty quick. Yeah. But uh, I'll I'll take us through if you don't care. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so this is the wedding. Uh, we see that there's a team working on Daxam, mm-hmm. uh, and the Legion are able to use their powers to kind of like terraform the planet. Mm-hmm. Kind of getting into like uh, Grant Morrison JLA territory where that JLA was always doing like godlike things, mm. like moving rivers and all that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, so they're heading off to the, go to the wedding. I love, uh, the, I love the design of the castles and stuff, how it's like medieval. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, we should mention this is uh, Watchmen's own. Uh, what's the guy's name? David. Uh, Dave Gibbons. Dave Gibbons. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Before so Watchmen. Because they mentioned the Eagle Awards, which is the awards in the UK, and he he came from 2000 AD and and Battle and stuff like that. He did Rogue Trooper. So, oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, he's, he was yeah, in 2008 is... Luminary before he became a DC star. Yeah, and Karen Berger's involved here. So once again, she was big about the what the British invasion for exactly. Vertigo, right? Yep. And also grabbed uh, Dave Givens. A lot of, she grabbed a lot of D, uh, of 2008 talent. Yeah. Um, so we have a bunch of people showing up for the wedding. Um, and uh, we see Starboy there. He's got his little cast on mm-hmm. his face. Timberwolf runs off to see Karate Kid. He's a little jealous that he's getting married while he's just broken up with Ayla. It's pretty funny. How <laughs> we, I, I thought that... Yeah. For, I, at first I read it that he was with one of them, but then I realized he's just jealous of their relationship. You know? Yeah, yeah. essentially. I'm yeah, just jealous that he's things are going grump. so well for he's him. He's just a grumpy guy. You kind of get the impression that he would have rather just left with Ayla at this point. Yeah, you know? why, why didn't you? Uh, I want to do a shout-out to issue 225, a very busty shot of Supergirl there. Um, two two five. Yeah, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. He almost looks like Super Superman's looking down into it, but uh, you know, <laughs> he's being a good boy. He's Super not, perf. Well, if you look at the eyes, if you track them, he's actually not. But for a second, yeah. I thought he was, which would have been funny. Thank um, goodness. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Interesting though that 
the Legion, when Superboy comes through time, mm-hmm. the Legion cruiser actually gets kind of caught in his like yes. uh, wake, yeah. and uh, they get sucked back through time. So it's Superboy's <laughs> fault that these Legionnaires yeah. are going missing. That is actually funny because because he doesn't even know. And then yeah. you see Ultra Boy try to go back in time, doing it, doing the time thing, but he can't do it. He can't go fast. Yeah, he can only do it with um, Superboy and Monel helping. Yeah, yeah. Because he can't go fast and use this invulnerability. Yeah. Um, we also see that Cosmic Boy tells him to uh, describe any landmarks. Cosmic Boy is like the history buff of the Legion, so right. he's able to identify what time period they're in based on That's cool. the Great Wall of China. And White Witch is basically useless because she only <laughs> readied magic for parties, like a wedding yes. party. Yeah, I know. It is Meanwhile, cool when they meet these gods. I love this bit. Yeah, so they're fighting off Roman soldiers, and then they land at a temple, and the gods, uh, I guess these are supposed to be what, Roman gods or Greek? Greek, Greek gods, Greek, Greek gods. Okay, yeah. yeah. Zeus, Zeus um, and Hepatitis and stuff like that. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's it's fucking wicked. I, I, <laughs> Did you say uh, Hepatitis? Is that how you say it? Oh. It's Hephaestus, right? Hephaestus, I don't even know how to say his name, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's a disease. Um, yeah, yeah I wasn't that. actually, I've never actually pronounced this name before in my life. But anyway, so yeah. they're, they're all there, and it's really cool. And I thought, wow, these are the real gods. Like, it's a cool story, but it turns out they're actually Durlins from Durla. And it's prior to the war, and Dream Girl can see into the future, and she can see the six-minute war. Which is cool. Yeah, she says, um, yeah, so that was pretty cool. And then Chameleon Boy is the one that is tracking them down mm. and has the idea to find him, and he has his powers back. Um, real quick, though, I wanted to point out page 238. Mm. Um, in the third panel, Colossal mm. uh, Boy says, there is a lot to be said for this style of wedding, Violet. Mm. And she says, I don't know about that. I think the implication is here. The uh, the emphasis is on there's a lot of there's a lot to be said for this style of wedding, Violet, yes. implying that they're already married. Yeah, that they eloped potentially yeah. and just had like a secret marriage as opposed to like a full on community style yeah. marriage. Mm-hmm. Which I think is covered in three oh five when they buster the traitor wow. or the imposter. Wow. So wow. yeah, um, like you said, Dream Girl sees that. They're from Durla. Mm. Um, Professor Huxton helps uh, Chameleon Boy, who's like somebody that has helped the Legion in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but meanwhile, the Legionnaires get away, and they're able to defeat these uh, so-called gods. Yeah, so-called gods. Good artwork. It's kind of interesting. I, the- I feel like maybe I would have preferred to spend more time with what was going on at the wedding and have something going on there rather than yeah, having yeah. these guys shunted off. Although I did, I did enjoy it. I guess I like the gods, so I thought it was kind of interesting. But I get your yeah. point. You wouldn't, have, you would have liked more hijinks with the whole Legion crew at, yeah. the, at the wedding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I'm, still pretty yeah. interesting, and I thought it was funny how Superboy basically caused the whole problem. What is going on with um, uh, is it Dream Girl's hairstyle? Like it just seems really weird. Where what like, page? If you look on page two four nine at Dream Girl's hair. Oh yeah, yeah. Know, she's supposed to have like uh, what the Farrah Fawcett hair. Yeah, but that, it, it's not great artwork on that hair, you know. Yeah, it looks a little weird. Like it's, it's maybe like a hat or something. Yeah, like it's like how the fuck it, achieved it? Almost looks like on? Ashoka from the Star Wars yeah, show. Yeah, it does. She's yeah. got that weird yeah. hat. It's just yeah. it's just not great 
hair. It's just not a great choice. To- yeah. Um, yeah, it's probably not the easiest to draw, though, I guess. Yeah, well, I know, but that's no excuse. Um, <laughs> this is Dave Gibbons we're talking about. Dave Gibbons, but in 1982, Dave Gibbons had still not quite conquered female, like, long hair, you know? Sure, yeah, for sure. But anyway... But, you know, if you, if you turn to 253, he does a better job with Supergirl's hair. He's more comfortable with that style, which is a similar style. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I agree with that. It was kind of weird. Yes, um, Saturn Girl's hair is kind of similar too, just shorter. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then the wedding goes off without a hitch, except for that some people aren't there. Mm. And I think that guy by them is supposed to be Karate Kid Sensei holding the cane. Which one? During the kiss there. Uh, on the far right, oh, yeah. bottom right. Okay, right. Okay, that's cool. Well, that would make sense because they're at her, in her location, but it's good that he's got his sensei there and everyone everyone's there kind of enjoying it. Um, and then... And they, they retire at this point too, so they're yes. kind of written out of the book. Okay. But they'll be back in about a year for the big Legion of Supervillains. Um, Sweet. Yeah. That's good. And then, um, yeah, and then we've got uh, Jan, um, Element Lad, and who's that with him? That's Siobhan again. Oh, that's, is she's just the, is she the Legion, the science police officer or whatever, science mm-hmm. liaison? Yep. Yeah, okay, cool. So they're doing their little, um, they're doing their, yeah, What we don't want to spoil the wedding day by announcing that one of the Legionnaires present is an imposter. Okay. Yeah, and they're kind of vague about it here, but <clears throat> I feel like earlier they already kind of implied that it was shrinking violet. Right? They implied, but they didn't tell the reader. And I guess in comics back in 1983, 283, it all came down to what you actually told the reader, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. for sure. So you, you, could, so, thread, you yeah. could thread kind of okay. like a question mark, but it was, you know, if it wasn't answered definitively, it wasn't officially fact kind of thing. True, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, and then stuff. we just got the last issue we could go through real quick. Yeah, one last issue, Siege Perilous, if you want to go through it. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed the artwork in this issue, by the way. I thought this was really kind of a clean style. Um, yeah, I really had liked a it. good style. Welcome return from, you know, I like the Dave Given stuff, but it was welcome to have yes. Keith Giffen back. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, so this one focuses on the Legion Academy, which we find out, I'm not sure if it was established before this or not, but Bouncing Boy and... Duo Damsel are like the teachers, mm-hmm. which was a cool role for them since they're not going to be in action that much. And interestingly, that White Witch and a couple of others were going back for training kind of thing because they were made Legionnaires on the run. Yeah, in the last volume, they were made members during the Great Darkness stuff. Who and is so... the member on page 263? She's dressed in barely anything. Um, I don't so even... that's uh, Laurel Kent. She's supposed wow. to be a descendant of Superman. She's got one of the most revealing comics ever in comics costumes. <laughs> yeah, like it's it literally it is almost less than a bathing suit. Almost. Yeah. So uh, later on, she actually wears like this giant cape. Oh. It's almost like a poncho right. that goes over her, and it <laughs> basically looks like she's just not wearing anything except for the poncho. <laughs> Well, she's but, I mean, really, she's here. still wearing this, but yeah, I mean, yeah, she, it's it, kind of funny. It looks like something you'd, you'd see at the beach, you know? Yeah, like a bikini. Yeah. It's, like it's what Shadow Last, or Shrinking Violet was wearing. But it's also, if you look at the front, it's got an interesting design in the front as well. Like, it's just it's just an odd design, like, in general. Like, yeah. even as a bikini, it's an odd design, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it's kind of drawn more 
scandalously even going forward. But right. yeah, a lot of these characters here are like, um, you know, like Shadow Kid. He's related to Shadow Last and has yeah. the same powers. That's Magnetic Kid. He's uh, Cosmic Boy's little brother. Mm. So he's all healed up from that terrorist attack, and now he wants to join the Legion someday. Sure. But how can he and get then, in if, he, if he's got Cosmic Boy's powers? Uh, he gets in eventually when Cosmic Boy retires. Right, okay. But until then, he couldn't get in, could he? Because they can't have duplicate powers. Yeah, that is correct. That's why Shadow, or Shadow Kid mentions he won't be getting yeah, in. That, yeah, it's kind of like... But it's good they're training, though, because just like if you think of it like a soccer team or something, you've got to have your feeder teams in your academy to develop the young talent, you know? Yeah, like uh, Farm League or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. A, you, you need to have that. You need to have the minor leagues to sort of... Yeah, and that's what you know. Wildfire is upset about. He said, well, <laughs> why are we wasting our time training these guys? And, you know, they're basically having, supporting it the same way we were saying. Um, but then Gigi comes in and kind of busts uh, Wildfire. Wildfire's bubble and he flies off. Yeah, well, she says, um, you're the one who always complains whenever the science police wants to take it over. Yeah, Wildfire's just which like, is very much a Wildfire... Yeah. thing, just never being happy, right? Wildfire's just like, I'm out. It just flies off, doesn't he? Like, <laughs> Yeah, which Bouncing Boy gets a kick out of because Wildfire like blasted him earlier and just sent him flying around the room. That was, was that was actually funny. Good work, Wildfire. Wildfire is just, he really is a wild card, isn't he? Like, you never know what he's going to quite do. Yeah, he's crazy. Um, yeah, so Element Lad brings Chameleon Boy and Brainiac 5 in yes. on the conspiracy thing. Yes. Or the imposter thing. Yes. And do they reveal uh, who it is? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Do. Okay. Yeah, so they're trying to... He says something about saving the real Violet. Right, okay. So they, they bring they bring him in. So that's that's a big point. They're, and and really, the, the Academy people are fighting amongst themselves, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Because one of them thinks gets... Wildfire's a real jerk and the other one sort of stands up for him. Yeah, and they also were sent out on a mission to capture some animals, and they didn't do that well. No. Um, but yeah, they're arguing about whether or not he's a jerk. Um, and then we get the—is it, is it a flashback, or is this the first time you see it where Dawnstar says that um, she's going to leave? Yeah, so Dawnstar says she has to go. Yeah, this is the first time we see it. Right, I wasn't like sure if that it. was a flashback or if it was in present time. Um, because I'm like, okay, that was very intrusive then to show this scene to the other fucking... Yeah, it was. Oh, I'm like, so Wildfire might think this is a bit intrusive, and then they show literally the breakup scene. I'm like, yeah, I, I would think that's intrusive too. <laughs> it's pretty intrusive. Yeah, because literally yeah, he's humiliated. And do you see what he writes? He writes, damn, in the Yeah, ground. so he's like so frustrated that he just <laughs> explodes, and that's the sound, I guess, that it makes. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought he Which, drew yeah, like that. Oh, right. I see. That was the, the... I get it. He's done that with energy as he's blowing up. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah so it's not like he was intentionally trying to write that out. Oh, it's I like thought he, he wrote that out like a sort of signage. But, yeah, you know, I get you. Because you can see the helmet there is... um, and, yeah. and the boots and stuff. It's pretty funny. Poor old Wi-Fi. He, he's a yeah. cool character, though. But, yeah, Dawn, Dawn Star's pretty cold about it. I shall return, and then we may be... Friends forever. <laughs> yeah. So wow. pretty sad for Wildfire. Friend zone, um, big time by Dawnstar. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what are you gonna do? You know, you're a bunch of energy. Well, if only you could get it back to that like mystical dimension which he was in, the pretend dimension. You know? Yeah, exactly. Where he was happy. 
<laughs> yeah, and then we see uh, Starboy had met with the other Legionnaires that were around, and they needed to talk about how there weren't enough members because yes. they were down to just 21 people. Um, but they decided that none of these Academy members were ready, yeah. and they kind of flash on Pharaoh Lad, Invisible Kid, Chemical King, and Triplicate Girls yes. statues. Uh, yeah. Well, that's fair enough. I mean, you know, but they're still training. They're developing. They're, they're, they weren't hopeless. They, they were just not working as a team. You know? Yeah, they said better to you know not have a new legionnaire than to have another statue. Yeah, I, and I agree. And yeah. I mean, and that brings us to the end of the first half. A dense read, a very entertaining read. Um, I'm giving it eight point five out of ten. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I took my time with it. I'm glad you were here though, because I was thinking during it, I'm going to need Adam to sort of explain a few things for me, which I kind of went with, but. My familiarity with the Legion characters has really improved, and I felt that that held me in good stead here. Because even when I couldn't remember exactly the storyline from Great Darkness Saga, I knew the characters, so I knew the bits and pieces that were being moved around. Um, yeah. Yeah, man, I'm glad you like it. It seems like you're getting more comfortable with uh, you know all the different members and all that. Um, for me, I'm going to give this, I think, like a nine and a half. Wow. Um, yeah, I like it a lot better than Great Darkness. I feel like he's getting into his... Um, a plot, B plot, C plot groove. Yeah. Um, for me, this is like really good, like status quo stuff. It's good you stuff. Know, just it, fun. It is, my eight point five could be argued to a nine. It, it it is very strong. I would give this honestly well ahead of any of the modern stuff that I if I if I had like a young you know nephew or, or niece who was interested in comics, I'd probably give them Darkness Saga and this hard covers and oh, just yeah. say. For sure. Try this out because I think, you know, you know why it's good? Because once you dip your toe in the water and you, you're like, oh, it's a little bit chilly or it's a little bit warm, whatever, then you get used to it. And then it's a pleasure to read. Like there's, there's never a point at which you're like, I'm, I'm bored. You, you, it's just it keeps, it keeps your interest. Yeah, um, it can be work for a little bit. But then once you get going, it yes. just really flies. Yeah. Um, I was also going to say, I think this might be my favorite read of – the things that we've done on the show. I know I, I gave cool. Legion lost a 10 and mm. I stand by that 10 because I think it's a really good self-contained thing. Mm. Whereas this is more just like status quo stuff, but um, this might be my favorite thing that we've read. Well, um, when so you think far. about it, like in, in terms of Legion law, what I know, I mean, Levitt's considered the gold standard. So, you know, yeah, um, for sure. So for a reason, I mean, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to this. We will do another show at some point. We might do something different in between. And then yeah. we'll come back and we'll finish off the curse. We'll do the second half. We, we, we might pick a different flavor just for the next Legion Outpost, just to vary it up. And we'll also cover yeah. that uh, Bendis issue. And if he releases another fucking issue, we'll do that as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe Bendis should go back to Formula and read a few of these stories. You know? Yeah, I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that. Maybe he should do a Keith Given and radically re- re- you know, reinvent himself. I doubt he will. Yeah. Um, Highly doubt he will, actually. Um, look, on that note, I mean, this has been a good long show, um, just over three hours. Um, thank you, Adam, for coming on. All your expertise. I know, it, I know it's a lot of information, but I feel that, like, you know, I hope the Legionnaires out there have enjoyed it. Um, there is a Patreon um, for Signal of Doom and for Legion Outposts. It's the same thing, the Patreon. If you can support the show, it helps. It all goes towards uh, basically hosting costs, equipment costs um, to run Signal of Doom and Legion Outpost. Um, yeah, and we'd really appreciate that. It's uh, patreon.com slash signal of doom. 
for as little as $1 per month, you get access to exclusive content. Um, we will put this show up. It will be up very, by the time, well, obviously they'll be listening to it by the time it's up, so I guess they don't need to know that. Um, <laughs> there will be another Signal Doom episode tomorrow, uh, so it'll come up very shortly after this show, and we are doing Hitman, Adam. Um, the first two volumes of Hitman. Um, oh, that's cool, yeah. Darth Ennis and John McRae, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and Rich will be on. And then next week, we're going to be doing a Christmas uh, spectacular. And Adam, do you think we, we might get another Legion Outpost in this year, do you think? Or maybe, maybe not. We'll, we'll work that offline. We'll, we'll see how we go. We're coming towards the Christmas period, so I understand it gets busy. Yeah, we might. I don't have that much different holiday stuff, so maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that, but put it this way, it, we, sooner rather than later, there'll be more Legion Outpost. I will also find the original... Uh, Great Darkness Saga uh, episode we did, and I'll put in the Legion Outpost feed as well. Adam, I think that'd be fun, just for a retro episode. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. And that way as well, Legion Outpost Legionnaires can listen to what would have been a regular episode of Signal, I assume. Yeah, get you um, started on Signal. Get you started on Signal on the main juice, because believe you me, I mean, I wouldn't say that we're censoring ourselves here either, considering all my comments about Dream Girl. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's just it, it's just a stronger flavour, I guess, because we cover a lot more topics. But look, Adam, thank you so much for your time, and good night, gang. Mm-hmm.